Welcome to the Best Picture cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one, each episode myself, and revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not a who should have won podcast. We're here to discuss the inner circle of movies who took home the crown in their respective years. As a disclaimer, this is an opinion-based podcast and a subjective discussion by movie enthusiasts who don't claim to be trained experts. If we destroy your favorite movie or praise a movie you think is trash, we encourage you to write us in at our email. Our email is bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. Reach out to us and follow us on any of our socials. Our socials are in there at bestpicturecast, just how the podcast is titled, Best Picture Cast. Reach out to us, message us, follow us. We're always ready to interact, subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff. And we are back for another episode here of season four, another Best Picture winner, a more recent Best Picture winner than we've been doing recently. So it's nice to get a little closer to home here with the the time frame. And I have uh, a couple familiar faces, but we're forming a trio that has only done one of these together once. And that would have been our Lost Weekend episode. We kind of marveled that it's been that long since the three of us had have done a podcast with just the three of us, but they are voices who aren't unfamiliar with each other. They are Artie B. Artie, welcome back. Hey, it's been a very long time since I've done one of these. I'm trying to remember the format in my head. (laughs) And whenever this airs, it'll be a a lot longer than the last one you did, so you get a little bit of a gap there. And we have Chris G. Yeah, I'm here. Here I am. Here you are. Thanks for having me once again. Chris, the last time we heard from you, it was the marathon episode of the the first 45 rankings. Yes, I'm still actively complaining about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's never going to stop. No. Well, uh, the listeners loved it, Chris, and they wanted Mm. to know when we're coming out with one longer, so... Oh great! Uh, I'll put it, I'll put some vacation time aside and and we'll we'll get it going. Yes, yes. It was uh, check that out. We rank, we ranked the every movie we covered in the first three seasons of Best Picture Cast. It was forty five films altogether. You're gonna hear a real elaborate breakdown of uh, numbers forty five to about twenty, and then <laughs> fatigue sets in. And when we get to the Godfathers, it's like yeah, the fucking Godfathers. Let's go. I, I missed one of my daughter's birthdays. That's how long the the, the pod was. <laughs> I still haven't finished it. <laughs> yeah, and Artie, you did appear on that episode. You kind of go, uh, you you 
you do the recap of the reward of the awards at the end, the the rankings at the end. Yeah, I got to just stand there in a protective case and and read my rank, read my review of the rankings, and no one could offer any criticism to my opinion. Yeah, it was like you were doing a voiceover for a commercial. It's like, all right, just quick quick record this. We'll use it in on top of a cat food commercial. Yeah, that's exactly what it was like. Yeah, so Kieran was hovering over me as I was reading it. No one knows that. <laughs> I mean, you do directly ask me a question at one point, so I think people do know that, but do I? Okay, anyway, we are here today to discuss another Best Picture winner. As I've said before, it is a recent one, and this one is 2015's Spotlight. So I get, you know, I don't normally do this here. I think I may have done it a couple times, but it's probably appropriate just to get this out of the way to start. We're talking about some sensitive, uncomfortable material here. We are not... Uh, experts or anyone who should be an authority on any of the topics that we're discussing here. I mean, we're talking about abuse victims and sexual abuse and all sorts of things here. So we're aware of the content that we're about to tackle here. We're going to do so as tastefully as we can with still keeping the spirit of Best Picture Cast. But uh, just I, I feel it's appropriate to throw that disclaimer out if these uh, if these issues are just really not something you want to hear anyone talk about. That's That's something we just want to throw out there. But anyway, uh, Spotlight 2015, it is directed by uh, Tom McCarthy, who is not a director who we've discussed too often around here. He hasn't done a whole lot, but I think people will know him primarily from uh, The Wire, maybe? Yeah. He's the, uh, mm-hmm. he's the newspaper writer wire in the, in the Wire season five. The, my least favorite season yeah, this, of The Wire, Chris. Is- uh, I, I, I enjoy it probably more than you do, but I also like the, uh, the Docs season two. More than most people do, right? So, uh, right. Maybe I'm I'm the I'm weird. I love season two. Yeah, yeah Artie, you're a, you're a wire. You've only done one and two. You haven't I, gotten. I saw the wire. I waited like seven years and then watched season two. And you know, in like three more years, I'll check out season three. Oh come on, season three <laughs> oh. and four are like the prime. I heard season three is like one of the best series of, of, of any show. It, for me, it is. It's number one. It's the best, best season. Best season of five of has ever. that serial killer stank on it. You know, like that. That's the problem with that one. Yeah, there's a weird storyline in there, and yeah. uh, um, I should say that a lot of people like four the best. I I three and four are like yeah. the, the big ones. Yeah. yeah, I really like one. I mean, I mean, one is great too. I mean, uh, one is great too. That's, one is probably my second favorite. Yeah. We the, could spend the entire podcast talking about the wires, so and we may we just rank the <laughs> and, and we may, but no. Tom McCarthy writ, wrote and directed Spotlight. Here, it was a big year of movies. Was this? This will be one of the one of the rare ones at the end of it where everyone will be excited to talk about the other nominees. Yeah, because I mean, this, this is one of my favorite years. Uh, of, of Oscar movies. I, I, I love a lot of the movies on that, on this list. So. I agree with you. And I have to say, too, I think I may be wrong when we get to the list because I didn't double check myself, but I think I've seen every nominee here this year. Uh, there may be one or maybe two. I think two I have I one I haven't seen. Two. I think two I haven't seen. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get to that. It's going to be fun at the end of this thing. Mm, going to be an interesting convo here today. We'll start with you, Chris. Spotlight. Your uh, experience with it. When did you see it first? I, I, what is your yeah? What yeah, is the sorry. what is the the tale of the tape here for Spotlight with you? Yeah, I I mean, this is getting to the point where I started trying to watch as many of these Oscar movies as I could in that year. You know, like you know, this is about the time frame where I start doing that, and I I I got through a lot of the list, and I saw this one during like right before award season uh, at at home. I didn't see it in the theater, but uh, 
Yeah, that was my first experience. I was try- trying to get as many of those in before the Oscars. Mm-hmm. So this was one that you saw before it won? Yes. Okay. Correct. Gotcha. Very soon before, you know, probably within a couple months. Artie, a little bit different for you. Very unusual that a modern movie flew under the radar like this one did for me. I didn't know anything about this when hmm. you told me I was going to be on the Spotlight wow. episode. Wow. I didn't know what it was about. I didn't know who was in it. I know. Very unusual. Yeah. But um, Everyone's in it. <laughs> yeah. Great cast. Um, so I watched it a couple times. and uh, True first watch then. True first watch. Yeah. Cool. You true watched it for watch. the first time and then you watched it a second time yep. just, just recently. In the last 36 hours. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. So for me, this is one that I had watched after it won. So oh. I was a was an M, a very very big Revenant fan. Oh, I know. And I was fully expecting that to win. I was riding on that to take one director. And Spotlight was one of the ones I had not seen at that point. So was a little bit disappointed, needless to say, when uh, when it, when the Revenant did not take home the crown. Now, as we say in the front of this thing, this is not a who should have won podcast, and it's normally me waving that flag at people, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like a like a spray bottle to, you know, no, 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 don't don't complain about about social network, don't complain about about High Noon, or don't complain about any of the ones that you know Citizen Kane or any of the ones that Shawshank that should yeah. have won, yeah. You know, we talk about the movie. This is I. This is one where now I've this the the tables have turned over to me, where I have to kind of sit back and say I can't get too focused on the Oscar ceremony and what I think should have won and whether I think that this was the right choice for best picture. I have to kind of keep myself out of that mix. I usually do a good job of that. This is one year that particularly annoys me. I mean, there there are I hear you, but there are like five movies on this list that like easily could have. One easily in, uh, in another year, you know. Like, yeah, for me, th- there's ten <laughs> and and two that weren't nominated. <laughs> right, right. I fair. guess we'll get to all that as we go. But yeah, th- so this was one where I was like, all right, I kind of knew what it was about, and it won. I'm like, ah, and it, it added a little extra annoyance because I'm at the section of this thing here now where I'm getting very close to finishing the list. So anytime something wins that I haven't seen, that makes the list longer, you know. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, God, right. here we go. I got to do this again. Yeah, so that so it was you know part of it is rooting for let's at least something I've seen one so I don't have to have another thing to go out and go see, yeah. but yeah so uh, I, I saw this soon after it won, okay maybe a, a few weeks you know I'm I'm not really un- unveiling any real secrets here I think on the the pilot episode of Best Picture Cast the Departed episode where it was me and you already I mentioned that Spotlight is one of the last movies we'll cover here at Best Picture Cast because it is not one of my favorites. You know, this is, I have now revisited for the first time since then, so we'll get to where it goes from there. I should mention that it's a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. People love this movie. This is, uh, disliking this movie is a certified hot take, and uh, I'll, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. So I I guess I don't want to show cards too early there with that. Yeah, I'm grinding my teeth waiting to uh, yeah. get into this. So. so yeah, for those for those listeners who are doing the same, I think we can reveal that Chris is a, a lover of this movie. I I'm a huge fan of this movie. Yeah, yeah, I, okay. I loved it initially. I loved it. I love it more. I've seen it several times, and I like it more every time. So. Yeah. So so everyone getting ready to get aggravated at me and uh, and, <laughs> and the dissenting take realize that both sides are going to be represented here. Chris yeah. is a, a a lover of it. And Artie's a true watch, so we'll see which way he goes. We won't re- reveal that just yet. We'll, we'll hold off a little bit there. First, I want to talk about what we're drinking. And we'll start with you, Artie. What do you got there? I'm drinking the Greenport 
Brewery, Greenport Harbor Brewery, Leaf Pile Ale, a nice autumnal mead because we are into the autumnal season. Yes, indeed. And I got to say, great brewery. One of my favorite breweries. And this you, is... You recently went there, didn't you? Or, no, it no, uh, Joe B. Oh, Joe B. went. That's right. Uh, really cool. It's on the North Fork of Long Island, and it's in like an old firehouse. So it's real cool looking and all that. And that's a that's a popular pumpkin seasonal beer too because it's not too pumpkiny. This is one of the better fall seasonal pumpkin style beers. Yeah, so the people who like kind of roll their eyes at the latte spice of of the pumpkin world, that's one they can get into because it's kind of more more seasonal than pumpkiny. After this, I'll be drinking the Shipyard Pumpkin Head, and that is very like pumpkiny and latte spicy. That's a that's a down the line token pumpkin beer. Right yeah, there. yeah. Yeah, cool. Chris, have you ever been to the Greenport Brewing? I have. Yeah. I went to a, on a like a fortieth birthday party. Mm. It was very cool. Yeah, yeah. love it. Love yeah. it over there. It's for the record, I've never been there. Oh, yeah, it's a cool little town. Yeah, it's, it's like a, a good. Bar- it's like a barn, right? Isn't it kind of in yeah? A barn? It's an old firehouse. Yeah, yeah, like there's like yeah. a, oh, okay. there's like, a, like an old jail next to it too. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, it might yeah. be it's an old police uh, yeah. police station, but very cool. uh, yeah, it's it, it's a great little weekend getaway, winter or summer. If you want to just you know if you. If uh, you and Asia are looking to get away and just take a take a little, it's it's. I've been there in both summertime and the wintertime, and it's equally as fun. It's a nice little quaint town. It's a cool, very cool, cool, cool know, vacation spot. I know Lucharitos is right there. Their uh, their queso and margaritas are both top notch. I have been to Lucharitos too. It's a good good <laughs> spot. Okay, Chris, what do you got? I have an uh, also a Long Island brewery, uh, South Shore Long Island, uh, destination unknown mm. or Dubco as um, as we call it. It's the Hazy Escape IPA. I picked it because I think there are some people that wanted to escape in this movie and <laughs> weren't able to. So uh, there we go. What's the ABV on that? It's uh, it's not an arty one. It's 5.5. It's more of a Chris Chris uh, ABV. Two, okay. two of them, though, Artie. If you have two of them, it'll equal one of yours generally. Why well, so. got to drink them fast? <laughs> good. That's a good strategy. Okay, so I have uh, for this occasion here, I got an interesting tie in. It's a little bit of a stretch. But I have the uh, Duclaw Brewing Company, not the Dubco, but the Duclaw Brewing Company. And they are from Baltimore, Maryland. So that is my wire connection there. Oh, there you go. I did a little uh, Tom McCarthy, the starring in season five of The Wire. We do that. And it is the Funk Blueberry Citrus Wheat. It is a... Sounds um, gross. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's a uh, okay. I thought it was a sour, and Kieran, it's not. Didn't we have? Didn't we have? <laughs> didn't we have that on draft for a little while? Uh, I think we did. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, I thought I was getting into a sour here, and it's not. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a wheat beer, but that's all right. That's okay. I'm in for it. Uh, and the uh, the funk has another tie-in that we'll get to at some point. Nobody so. picked a Sam Adams beer, oddly enough. Uh, no, um, I, I thought about it, but I, I don't. Didn't, I, just I didn't, didn't want to either. <laughs> yeah, you know, kinda, yeah, I looked in the fridge and had a Sam Summer, and I went, I don't want to drink that. Yeah, I hear you. That's what we're drinking here today, Chris. I'm gonna let you before we go into the thorough deep dive. I'm gonna let you do a little darting off with this thing. Give me a little kind of just intro thoughts to spotlight before without getting into the real nitty gritty here. Listen, I think this is a really tough topic to brooch in a in a film or in anything for me it's written beautifully it's performed unbelievably just an amazing cast and and uh there's a couple of of pretty crazy um performances but ultimately it's done in a really subtle way really interesting i just think it's it's well done and and they respect the material yeah i just think it's 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 all the things that i love 
in a, in a, in a movie. Great acting, great uh, dialogue, and uh, just a, a really well-told story, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think Spotlight's a really easy movie to watch as far as, I mean, the content-wise, it's not, it's not no, easy to consume right. what they're talking about and what they're going over. And, you know, it's obviously a very unfortunate, it's not a harsh enough word, uh, situation that, that has gone on here in this country, not even uh, just in that area, not even just in the specific um, institute that we're talking about, but just kind of, you know, if you're thinking about violent crimes and sexual crimes in the 70s, 80s, 90s, there was a real time period there of, of the whole country really not getting the law out there in the proper way and having people report these things in the proper way and victims being silenced for too long. So, you know, that that stuff is not easy to, to talk about. But the, the way the movie is assembled is very easy to watch as far as uh, staying along with it. And if there's no real slow point of the movie, no, it, it, it moves. doesn't drag at all. Yeah, yeah, it moves very quickly. Well, that being said, with the before I kick it to you, Artie, and your thoughts, because you're the only one we don't know really what what you're thinking. I do find this movie very manipulative. I find it um, tonally very on on a pedestal, and I I really I think this movie is telling you exactly what what you're supposed to feel here, and it's a topic where no one's going to argue with you, you know. So as far as the greatness of this movie and the where this movie stands in the list of what we're talking about here, and that's what we're ultimately doing, I I, I think there's a lot of cheap outs in this yeah. one, and. Uh, we'll talk about that as we go. Uh, I, I really like the actors that are in this one, so that it's hard to go against them. But you know, I think a lot more of what I'm gonna have issues with are the direction and how the writing is assembled. But you know, we'll we'll talk about that as we go, and I'm sure you'll convince me about certain things. Maybe I'll convince you of some things too. Artie, what was your first experience with Spotlight like? So, I'm a little bummed that you brought up what you just brought up so early because that made me want to talk about that right now. Cause I definitely got some, but we're going to get to that. So it, yeah, manipulative tones and even the score. Well, the score is uh, the score is public enemy. Number one, we're going to be talking really? about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The score is telling you what to feel like a commercial, like one of those 30 second commercials. And it doesn't you. stop. It's no. just play. It just plays on loop the entire movie. Yeah. I yeah. think that I, I kind of like the simplicity of it and that they didn't over overdo it. And, uh, it's just, it's a drama, it's a drama and it's a dramatic score to a drama. Yeah. I, I don't see mm. it to be, it wasn't offensive to me. I, I do like this movie. I, I, um, I enjoyed watching it. It's not one of my favorites that we've covered. There are some good performances. There is some acting that I I'm I'm struggling internally with how I feel about specifically Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, I'm not struggling internally how I feel about that. And, no, and it's also that's that's pretty common. That's a common um, a critique of this movie. I know. Yeah, I mean that's the famous one, right? I didn't. Oh. I honestly didn't. I was watching it with my wife, and that scene. She was aware of that scene. She seen yeah. the movie. And we were kind of laughing. Oh, here's the scene, you know. Yeah, it's actually when you're when you're ready for it, it's way it's more. Not as, it's not yeah. as crazy as I as it, it is in my. It's been built up in my mind because so many people have criticized it. It's true. Know? It's true. There were just a lot of times where I I thought to myself, wasn't there another take that was better that they could have used? They went with this one, or was this the best take they got? Well, we're gonna. There's gonna be a whole Mark Ruffalo section of this that we'll we'll oh, break good. down. We'll break down it all. But uh, and I know Chris, you're a, you're. A, Big Mark Ruffalo guy I, I for the like, most part. I like Mark Ruffalo. I mean, obviously, he's in like my favorite, one of my favorite movies, Zodiac. Yeah. So I love and I love him in that. He's a he's an oddball actor. I mean, there's no question mm. about it. 
One more quick opening thought yeah. is uh, I got a lot of it feels very Argo vibe I th- wise. I thought oh, of Argo. I, God, man, I don't agree. I did think all. of Argo. Um, I'm not necessarily vibe saying vibe wise. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like saying that I'm disagreeing with your reaction to that, Chris, but I did think of Argo, Argo and I have some mm-hmm. points pertaining to that. Okay, we're getting a lot out on, on the table here already. Uh, it's a good opening paragraph. Yeah, I think it's time to. I think it's time to do the deep dive. Are, are we ready, guys? Head, head, sure. Head back seven years to 2015. A whole big journey for us here. All right, the year was 2015, and the president of the United States was Barack Obama. In the second to last year of his second term, two very major accomplishments achieved for uh, the country in uh, 2015. Uh, the U.S. reopened relations with Cuba after a long-standing embargo uh, instituted in 1961. So that stands still between the two countries where there was no travel, there's no trade whatsoever. Uh, that standstill spanned from Lawrence of Arabia to Spotlight, 61 all the way through to 2015, a long, uh, a long time of the two. Uh, now, you can now vacation in Cuba? Is that... I, I I wouldn't. <laughs> can you? Yeah, I mean, you... I think, but it's like they have like the travels open, and you can go there in resorts. I think, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I mean, th- I mean, there was. I haven't explored it much. Uh, <laughs> I love that part of the world, though. The Car- Caribbean is like I, absolutely beautiful, but uh, yeah. I, you know, there's there's only so many chances I'm willing to take with my life <laughs> other other options. There's a lot yeah, of islands so. down there. You don't need to go to Cuba. Yeah. Eh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. I'm interested. In I mean, I'm bordering on never going to Mexico again. So I just, you <laughs> well, know, it's, it's, I'm. I'm I, I, I have not been to Mexico. That's it. That's all. I have, list. and it's beautiful. I just, yeah. uh, I don't want to get. I just, I don't, I don't want to get hurt or killed. The or, Montezuma's. I don't want to go anywhere. Actually, Mon- I don't want to leave my house. Mostly, the Montezuma's this room's nice. <laughs> it is nice. It's like I'm on vacation every time I come down here. I mean, famously, ba- a lot of baseball players would come from Cuba. They just have to be on like rafts and stuff, just like escape and then come here and then yeah. become stars here you know it's crazy you go from from squalor to to fame in that in that industry there it'd be wild because like the yankees are secretly scouting these players and they're like you know if you could make it to america yeah. we'll sign you <laughs> i mean we've been <laughs> good luck canada and the u.s have been doing that with like hockey russian hockey players forever we were like sneaking them out of places yeah yeah they, yeah so i mean that's been happening for a long time. Yeah, they, I mean, really, the best way they could scout the, the Cuban nationals would just be them playing in international tournaments or whatnot, or they're playing in, in Asia, or they're playing yeah. in um, different parts of South America. But uh, okay, and the other major accomplishment that uh, the U.S. achieved in 2015, achieved despite itself, I'm sure, was gay marriage was legalized across the entire nation. Uh, the first state to legalize same-sex marriage was in Massachusetts in 2004. We'll tie in with a movie. And uh, 11 years later, gay marriage was legal throughout all 50 states. So that was 2015, believe it or not. Wow. I can't believe um, it was that recent. Yeah, that late yeah. in the in the process. So it's like, I, I, it's also one of those things, both this and the Cuba thing, where it's like you hear about it, and it's like, you don't bookmark it as what the year is, right. you know, and then life just goes by, and it's like, oh, that was, that was yeah. seven years ago. Yeah, it, it's even like something like, uh, you know, we grew up during the, like, the AIDS crisis, and like... Now, like people get it now, and you're like, "Oh, you just take you pick, take pills, and you can live." And I'm like, "Wait, what? Like you're just living it now? Like it's kind of crazy, dude. Like we we live in a crazy time." Great South Park episode about that. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a crazy. It took till 2015 for that to sort itself out, but uh, that was uh, yeah. There we go under the Barack Obama administration. The 2015 World Series back to baseball 
The streak is finally over here at Best Picture Cast. Our uh, unfortunate season four streak of the Yankees winning the World Series every episode is finally over. So uh, we uh, started at episode 46. You can do the math as to how that went way too long. So we do have a New York team in the World Series in uh, 2015, oh, however. This, yeah. yeah, it's not the Yankees. It's the New York Mets. The Mets return to the World Series for the first time in 15 years. They do not win, however. The 2015 World Champions were none other than the Kansas City Royals. That's right. The Royals won the World Series in 2015 after falling just short in Game 7 the previous year. It was a four games to one win for the Speedy Royals, who would take home their second ever World Series championship. Their other victory was in 1985. Artie, as a Met fan here, tough, tough one, tough, tough loss. It was awful. <laughs> I was convinced that they were going to win because my wife was pregnant and due in like a month and a half. I'm like, this is all going to happen at the same time. This is going to be a great period of my life. When they lost, it was fine, though, because it was like overshadowed by a great event a month later. So. Yeah. Well, talk about yeah. magical thinking. Uh, my child is going to make this, my team win the World Series? Well, no, yeah. I had a 50-50 chance. I just tried to attach it to that. <laughs> well, I believe Brennan B. is doing the same right now with the Mets and uh, and his... Uh, his oh, is uh, that, uh, he can, thinks that it's a, His it's baby along destiny? the way. Can you tell we'll him see. to stop, please? Because it's not working. <laughs> well, maybe, now, maybe his kid has the juice that yours didn't. I don't so, know. It's hey, going between, the other way. Between all that and the Yankees streak ending here and the Mets being mentioned here, we don't know if any of this are good or, or bad omens for the World Series this year. But I will say this. When this episode airs, the World Series will have been long over. So um, the listeners right now are, are, are shaking, you jinxed us, you did it, you did it. Or, or, maybe they, or maybe we uh, we coached one of those two teams along the victories. Both the Mets and Yankees will be in the playoffs. What about the Braves, Kieran? They're all, they also will be in the playoffs, okay. too. So maybe Very they'll good. be celebrating their second World Championship. You couldn't just let it go unmentioned. You had to, you had to <laughs> yeah, I got to, you know. Yeah, all of this will be old news by the time this airs. So, um, This was the first World Series played between two expansion teams. The Mets joined the league in 1962. The Royals joined the league in 1969. The Royals were managed by Ned Yost, and the series MVP was catcher Salvador Perez. We now have the number one song of the year in 2015. No obscurities here. This is going to be one that everyone knows. So no surprises. Artie loves this section. It's all, all songs he loves and holds near and dear to his heart. He's never annoyed by any of them. He's, well, one year you'll be surprised. Do you have any guesses already? What, 2015? 2015, I would guess Gangnam Style. I was I was thinking Jay-Z and uh, uh, New York, then whatever that's. So, uh, oh, no, that's way earlier because that's when earlier? the Yankees won. Yeah, so that's 2009, oh. that one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Okay. Uh, the number one Billboard song of 2015 was... By the great Mark Ronson, Ooh. oh, featuring Bruno Mars. It is Uptown Funk, uh, Uptown Funk, and that's like the that other tie-in with my beer, Funk. Oh, there, there you go. we go. Are you a big fan of that song already? Probably not. No, no, I don't either. I don't no, I think you've been on a dance floor too in a wedding. I mean, shaking it to Uptown. Oh, that's funk. such a wedding song. Uptown Funk, you up? I'll scream it at a wedding, but that doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> scream anything out of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a dancer at weddings. You get 20, 20 or so Coronas in me. Who knows what will scream. Follow, follow Artie on social be, media to see his dancing at, uh, at these weddings. Hey, man, I'll be yelling in Spanish. Yes. <laughs> Other number one pop bangers from 2015 include Taylor Swift, Blank Space. It's not a banger. 
I disagree. The weekend, I can't feel my face. Oh, that was a good one. I hate everything about the weekend. Okay, here he goes. He's getting crazy. Like Go to the Artie, get off your lawns. I he like that song sucks. too. He's just just a copycat. Oh, Ed Sheeran thinking out loud. I believe he's being sued for like twenty million dollars right now for that song. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Marvin Gaye, his whole family suing him. Yeah, you don't never you never win those lawsuits. This is just like little. They get settled songs. somehow. Yeah, and uh, Adele, hello. That's a a big, song. very big song. She's uh, a beautiful voice. Other notable songs that just missed number one. I had to get it in Artie. Maroon Five, Sugar. Oh, <laughs> God. Yeah. God, twenty fifteen. Great year for movies. Horrible year for music. Yeah, I think I. I think it's fair to say I was right about Maroon Five <laughs> after all the recent news that's come out. Oh boy, and uh, we end with Hozier. Take me to church. Uh, that was a good, big, one. Was a good yeah, yeah, you know, you would have you would have thought after hearing that song from that band, like, oh, they got this new sound. This is going to be a good band, and that's it. They were yeah. done. That was it. Yeah. I think he might have had a, another song or I think two. He still but kicks just, around, yeah, just not not the pop charts. I mean, listen, the pop charts are so often the quote unquote one hit wonders, but yeah. some of them aren't pop artists. They're more indie artists doing other things. The best picture winner for the year 2015 was Spotlight. It was directed by Tom McCarthy. The screenplay by Tom McCarthy and Josh Singer. Not Brian Singer, don't worry. We don't, we're not getting too deep into that. Music by Howard Shore, who also scored Best Picture winners The Departed, Silence of the Lambs, and Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Cinematography by... <clears throat> this is not a specialty episode. I shouldn't have to do this. Cinematography by Masanobu Takayanagi. Take, Takayanagi. There we go. Uh, who photographed Warrior, the Nick Nolte, Tom Hardy movie. And uh, film editing by Tom McArdle. Spotlight is starring Michael Keaton, Mark Ruffalo, Rachel McAdams, Liev Schreiber, Billy Crudup, John Slattery, Stanley Tucci, and the voice of Richard Jenkins. It's nominated for six Oscars. It's the winner of just two, Best Picture and Best Writing Original Screenplay. It's also nominated for, but did not win, Best Director Tom McCarthy, Best Supporting Actor Mark Ruffalo, Best Supporting Actress Rachel McAdams, Best Film Editing. It is currently, at the time of this recording, ranked number 217 on the IMDb Top 250, just behind Rocky, Platoon, Terminator, and Stand By Me, all BPC relevant entities there. And it's just ahead of... The Exorcist, The Wizard of Oz, Groundhog Day, and The Best Years of Our Lives also. That's like, that's right where it belongs mm. with all those movies. The Exorcist? I'm being very facetious. Okay, so here we are now. It's spotlight time. I guess Artie, we'll Artie kick it off here. This is a first watch for you. Let's talk about how the movie kicks off and the movie starts. Um, what was your first? Listen, you're putting this thing on. Cold turkey, you know nothing about it. Did you read up on the topic well, beforehand? I had it... spoken to Chris a little bit about what it was about before waiting to pick up our kids. Okay, um, so you were prepared so for what it was. I got the gist of it. Okay. Yeah. I just knew the subject material. I didn't... That's yeah. all I knew. I guess maybe just to just to cue into the listeners a little bit, we'll we'll go here with this just so we have a... We're, we're up here in the Northeast, so we're not too far from Boston. It's, it's Long Island. It's New York. It's certainly not Boston. We're very I, much... Rivalry with Boston. Of I, was, you were I was at UMass at the time. I was oh, at UMass Amherst. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a big deal. You know, yeah. I remember this happening. I was 21 years old, so I wasn't exactly like glued to the news, you know, at that age in college. But uh, I, it was, it was everywhere. It was in the ether for sure. Yeah. And uh, myself and Artie, we went to Catholic school here on Long Island. So we 
are no um, we're no strangers to this sort of thing. We knew. Well, this, this I mean, this reached Long Island. I mean, every, yeah. everywhere, but Long oh. Island's very specifically, right? Oh, we know. Yeah, <laughs> we know. So, no, I mean, listen, we knew we knew priests who were arrested. You know, we were aware of of it. You know, going on or or whatnot. Um, or I mean, listen, we were a part of it when it when it went down. We'll put it that way. Uh, I mean, yeah, you guys were. I mean, in high school in two thousand. I literally spoke. Yeah, yeah, we graduated two thousand two. So right, I graduated yeah. ninety eight. We're so, right yeah, in the middle I was of it. A little ahead of you, but I've spoken to two priests multiple times. Who, you know, yeah, yeah. no bueno. Uh, yeah, so you know, we're we're not distant to the topic here. Now, I guess we'll say like you know, Artie, you're more of an anti-religion type of guy, and Chris, you're more. How do you define yourself as far as that? Oh, that's atheist or, same same yeah. as Artie. Right. Whereas I'm you know, I'm I am Catholic, so I, I remained Catholic throughout. So I, there's two different sides of the topic on that. I don't think we're gonna spend too much time yeah. debating over that stuff. And some of my points are a little bit pertaining to that. But to, to my to, to be more specific, I'm I'm not against spirituality at all. Organized religion I have a bigger problem with, and this is this feeds into that. Mm-hmm. And we can leave it there, you know. I'm just here to analyze a movie. <laughs> there we go. That's probably a good answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, just to get that's just to get people out there for where we're coming from, at least. So, you know, we're not um, we're not just completely talking out of this without any context whatsoever. We were close to this topic. Uh, yeah, yeah, you guys especially. I think like you, you had your experiences were a little closer to it. I just knew it. It was in my periphery. It wasn't in front of me. You know? But, you know, kudos to us. Like, Chris and I have the same anti-religion beliefs, and he loves it, and I'm more middling on it. Yeah. So it's not like that swayed our opinions on it. He yeah, loves I don't, it. Yeah, I don't think this movie is anti-religion, and I have a quote to back me up on that. But uh, yeah, so I, think, I it's, think it's documenting an ac- a historical event. I, to me, that's what this movie is. It's, it's documenting a historical event. I agree that I don't think it was blatantly anti-religion it just so happens the investigation they're doing is into a religious institution and i think that uh, i don't mean we're getting into this i guess we'll just get into this right away then yeah choice but to get to it a little bit yeah Uh, i i i think that the movie fails to account for a big portion of the other side of this and that would be the congregation that is also victims to this, and the many priests who are not. A yeah, part but I mean, of it. how long do you want this movie to um, be? I mean, well, no, it doesn't. Something like that can be done in a scene, and this movie kind of goes the opposite way. And there are two particular scenes where I have major issues with the scenes, just in 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 part of the tone of the movie. Uh, there's three scenes as a whole that I really think could have could have just come out to make this thing a little more down the middle. Um, I think the representation of the lawyers is like really ridiculous. Like making making a lawyer who and and I think the real life guy had a major issue with it too, uh, the Billy Crudup character, uh, making him seem like this villainous character just for practicing his profession and non disclosing information. I mean, he's he would do that no matter what the case is. So when you have one lawyer seem like this wonderful kind of quirky saint of a lawyer and the other one this guy who's helping the, these guys get away with it I and mean, that's a movie trope that it is it, listen but it's fine in a my cousin Vinny in a movie like this where you're leaning on fact and you're leaning you start the movie and end the movie with this is actual well this happened so i have a couple of, of responses to that one th- this guy that lawyer actually was in contact with the production and 
the, there's a scene where he uh, they find out that he had given the the, the talk about the crude up character the crude up yeah. character they had he had sent them um, information uh, that they buried or ignored or whatever it is mm-hmm. and uh, basically to try to tell them hey this is going on um, the reason they put that in the movie is because he informed them that this has happened they looked it up. It was all true, and they added. So he actually helped the production and helped the movie. So I don't know. Maybe at the end, at the end result, he the didn't. Po- enjoy, yeah, the post production, he wasn't happy with how it was. Fair enough, but the, was that that character also ha- does ha- is redeemed a little bit at the end when he's like, "I did send you that information. You have it. Go look look up your clips." You know, so I, I don't think they portrayed him as all all bad necessarily. I think they do show that there's a there's a there was a level of intimidation by the high ups, even mm-hmm. to the lawyers. Like they don't want to mess with the lawyers. They don't want to ruin their career either. And and their job is to defend people, even if they are guilty. You know, that's, that is a lawyer's job. The higher ups of the church covering things up. Like that's the, that's the, the center of the real discussion here is of, yeah. of course there's the abuse and all that, but letting it continue is the biggest moving, part of the problem. And moving them away. That's absolutely yeah. the biggest thing. Yeah. And just the one, one of my concerns with the movie is, is that it doesn't, it really, I'm just, I'm a big believer in the freedom of worship and whatever, you know, whatever you believe in, you should be allowed to worship yeah, I, into. As I long agree. as you don't believe in like a talking dog that tells you to kill people or something, <laughs> you know, like you should be allowed to worship how you want to worship. And the movie kind of has this tone with like the grandmother character that it's like, because this is going on, you shouldn't really go to church anymore. There's like, there's that, there's that little sentiment there. Well, are you talking about Rachel McAdams's grandmother? Yeah. yeah. I didn't. I didn't get that impression. I thought it was just making her sad. It was kind of like the realization that this is going on in in this institution that she loves was hard to take and disappointing and sad. And I, yeah. I, Which I, it, I thought she was portraying that. And I thought that could have been that could. I, I think maybe if you just have, if you just have a, a character on the other side of it, whether it's like a, a priest who's a good priest, or you know, a a, a loyal parishioner who's a victim of this whole thing going on also. Um, also, like, the family of the abused, too. Like, it's like so many, so many people were affected by this in such a negative way that is not just, like, the Death Star Catholic Church, dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 you know, kind of, like, uh, hovering over this thing. It was just a little bit... I thought tonally it was a little bit much. They also just totally wash away any guilt by the media or... Even the lawyers like Jim Sullivan and Billy Crudup both have redeeming endings. And the media, even Michael Keaton, when they find out they were the ones who... He, he was specifically the one that buried yeah, it. Yeah, He buried it. He's like, I, I didn't even realize. Like, he has no... There's no guilt associated with any of these people. Everyone in this is innocent, except... Oh, I don't know about that. I See, the I, again, there was little nuances. Like, in that scene that you're referring to, Rachel McAdams and Mark Ruffalo kind of give a look, like a disgusted look, like he, like you did this, you buried it. But the way like, he behaves the entire movie is not of someone who is covering anything up. He didn't realize it. He didn't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. So it's he's he comes off as innocent. Everyone comes off and, as innocent. I don't. I don't. And I don't believe it or not, he the actual character found out about it during the making of the movie. Well, I just told you that. Yeah. Billy, the guy, the guy, the real Billy Crudup, Billy Crudup, I'm sorry, I don't know his name, Billy Crudup's character, the mm-hmm. real guy, informed them of this, and that's yeah. why they inserted that into the movie. Yeah, and, and you know, the Michael Keaton, the real-life guy, Mike Keaton, said that he, he was, I just don't remember it, da da da, yeah. da. But it, you're right, Artie, I do think that they, 
But they kind of do it in a very media type of way, too, where it's like they do give you the info, but it's kind of a footnote. You know, they're like, yeah. oh, and by the way, this, this, and this. Yeah, even with the family, like they, they at the end, they you see Stanley Tucci going into to a family, a mother and their and their her kids that were abused. So you do get a sense of like this is a family, this is a thing that's affecting families, and I, I get what you're. I guess I get what you're saying that they didn't they didn't go into that maybe enough. They kind of like, say it's in, a two hour movie. I don't know. They kind of say in passing that the media had a little bit of guilt, but think about it. Like it was covered up by lawyers but those lawyers gave one lawyer gave information to the media media cover boston globe covered it up but then the boston globe is now on this mission to be the holier than now do you, news. do you think the media was covering it up or was just unaware or or afraid to fuck with the church i mean I think uh, well that's... The, they kind of suggest that that's the case yeah and they do have the and this is kind of what i think is they do have the line in there and i do credit the movie for putting the nuggets in there so it's like it's they kind of cover their ass with that and saying, well, we did say this and we did say that. The the scene where he's talking to someone and they they're talking about uh, they're talking about going in with this thing with with the spotlight group. You know, the Lee F. Schreiber character is pushing yeah. it. He wants to do it, and the other guy goes, fifty uh, percent of our readers are Catholic. So yeah. they so it's not like it's not about covering up. So it's like, do we want to leave with this because we're going to upset more than half of our readers and we're not going to sell papers? So I think it's about. The, of course, the commercial. Sure. It's a business at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I just right. I this, I, this is probably a good time to just read a couple of these. Th- I just have something real quick I want to yeah, get out there because yeah. we're we're discussing the the movie and it's and how it it tackles this issue. I want to read a quote from the director McCarthy. There, um, this is a quote. Uh, this story isn't about exposing the Catholic Church. We are not on some mission to rattle people's faith. In fact, Tom came from a Catholic family. He's the other writer. Uh, the motive was to tell a story accurately while showing the power of the newsroom, something that's largely disappeared today. This story is important. Journalism is important. And there is a deeper message in the story. So he's basically saying, you know, I think he's clearly a news, um, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody who's a fan of journalism and involved in that world. And the power, that why it's important that we have to hold these institutions accountable and journalism, good journalism, which is lacking these days, mm-hmm. is the best way to do so. Yeah. Um, the other thing was, I, I read this, and you can take this for what it is. Uh, there's uh, there's a, a blog, the visual blog. They did a study, basically. They deduced that while um, while they while taking creative license into account, that the film was seventy six percent accurate uh, compared to real life events, which is pretty high uh, for a movie. Uh, the only conceits are that the scenes of power figures um, warning off the journalists, like that was inaccurate. Yeah, but that's uh, a big part of the movie, right, though. Fair. And like, yeah. and to me, seventy six percent, it may be high for the average movie. And we're going to get back into this conversation that we've had through the entirety of Best Picture Cast is how historically accurate does a movie have to be? And I think for the most part, most of us agree. That it really doesn't, for the most part. You yeah, know, when we're, talk, when we're talking about William Wallace, or we're talking right. about, you know, but now we're talking about something where these people are still alive. And, you know, we're talking about sexual abuse. Right. We're talking, you know, and, you know, I think Steven Spielberg said, okay, listen, Lawrence of Arabia, I don't need this to be a perfect retelling because it's a character study and it's, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a conflict going on that a lot of people don't know much about. But if you're telling a story about Holocaust, that's got to be... As accurate, accurate as you to can it do see. it. Yeah. yeah, and I think that, that this movie kind of teeters with that because you're leading with facts and you're closing with facts. So you you are a little responsible 
because I mean, listen, I mean, there's one the guy who, uh, the guy who was with Boston College, who's in that the scene where he goes back to his old school. Michael Keaton's character goes back to his old yes. school, and they're, they're talking that. You know, that's a real life guy that put into that, and that is like not how it went down. And he was. He was so distraught after seeing the movie that he went outside and threw up outside oh, the wow. movie theater and and sued them, you know, for, for defamation. And like it settled or whatever. Um, just because he's like, listen, I wasn't trying to cover anything up. I never had those conversations. You like, use my name. Like, yeah, okay. I guess <laughs> you're having so that, me cover up like diddlers. Great. Like, come on, man. That's not good. Um, so, diddlers. You know, I, I, to me, 76% isn't really enough, particularly when you're doing, there's just this like, this like, this Death Star thing. They have like the Imperial Army going on, like, you will not defy the Catholic Church or else. You know, the, the cop looking over his shoulder in the booth. I really shouldn't be talking about this man. You know, like, <laughs> it's a, li- a little much. All right, I don't want to get too negative to start here because I'm already taking over the, the tone of this. Because this is, again, I'll go back to the This is 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. People love this movie. We, we're going to read Twitter comments before. 100% of the questions are positive about this movie. So. Yeah, I mean, I am in the minority as far as my opinion, I think. Like, as far as everything I read, every, and not in this room. But I mean, in the you're world. in the majority. You mean that's what I meant. The majority. Said, no, you said, yeah. Same, I'm in the majority. Yes. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to talk about let's some talk positives, about the, let's talk about the positives. Already go go, go this way. Yeah. Lee F. Schreiber, guy's the fucking man. He's a national treasure. Let's be completely honest. Uh, he, Michael Michael Keaton's right next to him. I, I, he's he's. He's amazing. For, for Lee F. Schreiber to to stand there with Michael Keaton and hold yeah. his own, that yeah. is uh, that's a that's a feat. Isn't it kind of funny how that's now the narrative with Michael Keaton? Like it was not that way for like close to a you know fifteen year period. Like Birdman really revives him with that, and now he's like very highly respected well, as an actor. But like like the two thousands ish, he was kind of a bit of a forgotten guy. On my list here, on my on my little notes, I have M- Michael Keaton's runs. Right. Yeah. So starting in eighty eight, he does Beetlejuice, Batman, Pacific Heights, which I love. None of you have probably even heard of it. Um, Batman Returns, Multiplicity, Jackie Brown. I mean, just like a great. Oh God, run. he's in Jackie Brown. He's great in that too. I, lo- I love Multiplicity. Then he, yeah, it's great. Hi, That's Steve. a great one. <laughs> hey, Steve. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then, I mean, he kind of disappears for like a long stretch, like an entire decade. Is is he's a he lost was, decade? He, he, was kinda, take, he, he was taking uh, acting classes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like he kind of was like that. Oh, that's the guy who played Batman, you know. And then there was a bunch of different yeah. Batmans, and he was yeah, and exactly. he had the, the little run, and he's kind of forgotten. And then he goes 2014, Birdman, Spotlight, The Founder, which is great, and he's in Chicago Seven. I mean, and now he's doing um, that show with uh, uh, Dope Sick. Yeah, I mean, he's just yeah, he just reinvented himself. You yeah, know? Founder's awesome. He's got a wonderful old man face. Like, yeah, I I couldn't take my eyes off his like weathered. Face, it's and I mean that in the best seasoned in the best, yeah, in the best way. I mean, like yeah. he just it's looks Clint incredible, e- Clint Eastwood esque. Yeah, really great. The wrinkles all work. Even I love in it. A, even I, in HD, I'm glad you guys p- picked totally that up. Totally agree. I, I kept thinking that. I'm like, wow, I love his face. So back to Liev Schreiber. <laughs> <laughs> Not only uh, does he do a phenomenal job acting in this movie, like phenomenal. <clears throat> his character is very well written. His character is awesome. Love this character. You, you kind of have a, a Liam Shriver 
like the, the facial hair going you know, <laughs> like your beard up to your eyeballs, you know, kind of situation. I did notice that he's not as <laughs> as kempt as he should be, I guess. But well, he's, you know, he's a hard a, worker, a newsman. Yeah, yeah, he wouldn't be. He wouldn't be. Yeah, it's yeah cool. he's got the scruff. His whole character, even the way he looked, his mannerisms, very thoughtful. And it really came through. Yeah. I mean, listen, when you throw out a cast of very likable people you're going to put yourself in a in favor especially when you're talking about complicated material and you know they did it here now chris you're a uh, a madman guy love madman i've watched john slattery several times all the way through oh big madman guy love to see him so yeah. psyched he's in this yeah and he doesn't have a huge role but what he he, he he's like a little, little I like seasoning him. he's a little seasoning in this on the, you know on the, on top he's yeah great. he he fits that kind of irish catholic Type of Absolutely. type of yeah. guy there, you know. I, I think they needed he, to have that personified. He's not far off from his Mad Men character, a, a little, you know, a li- little less put together and and uh, and whatnot. And he's Boston, not New York, but it's a very similar character. But I just love it. I could I could watch him do that character for the rest of his life, and I'd be fine. With yeah, it. I, I was digging all the scenes uh, with both him and uh, with the guy Jim that Michael Keaton's shaken down on the golf course and then yeah. at the ceremony and then finally in his house on Christmas Eve. Like, I really like that actor, too. Yeah. He's, he did a, he did a great job. Yeah, oh, wait, Jim Sullivan? Uh, yeah. Oh, really? I yeah. thought he did a horrendous job. Wow, okay, all right. Oh boy, hot takes. He's, he stood out. I was like, I honestly, he made me wonder. I wonder if they used any real-life people in this that aren't actors. That's mm. what it made me think. They did. They did the um, the gentleman who was Patrick, who was playing the victim, the, yeah. the adult victim, yeah, and he had the track marks. That was yeah, was not an actor. That I could tell, yeah, and it, I thought the same thing about Jim Sullivan, who Kieran yeah. liked. I did. I, I liked him. Jamie Sheridan's the actor. Um, not, a, not I, hate, in the whole I hated ton the of character stuff, so. even more. How so? Jim Sullivan. Yeah. He's just like a. They turned whatever character this guy had in real life into just like a tool for a part of the movie. He's like the be- the last big lead, Michael Keaton's close friend. There, there's a bit of of caricatures in this movie. A lot right. of the characters, you know, um, Stanley even, Tucci too. Even Liev Schreiber, who's good, and I like him, but he's kind of like this. I might almost have a cold, but I'm not gonna ever get excited or upset, no matter what the situation is. I'm just gonna be the guy that's gonna have everything figured out, and that's gonna be it. You know, he doesn't really. There's no and and you know, it's there is. It's it, but it is effective for the storytelling to have that guy who never gets excited or never gets who's right. just straight down the line. Well, and, even as at the, closer to the end, where they're you know the story has come out and they're kind of racing down to spotlight to, to the, the the office to see what's the the, the phones are going off right mm. and you just it, it's very subtle but in the background you yep. see Liev Shriver in his office just sitting business as usual yep. like, he right, is not excited he is not even doing anything differently he's probably know? on to the next story right and I thought that was really a well well done yeah. that, that this movie is full of those like subtle moments for me where like they say something without saying it which is what, right? Like what, what Joey uh, is always talking about. Like, don't tell me, show me kind of thing. Yeah. This movie does that well often. I think one of the ways this movie does it very well is through Liev Schreiber's performance. A lot of his facial re- uh, facial reactions, specifically when he's talking to the Cardinal in the, in the Cardinal's office, his, his facial reactions to what the Cardinal says and what we know he already knows in his head, they really work. He nailed yeah. it. Um, I have to say, Rachel McAdams, similarly, almost in every scene she's in, there's a lot of subtle facial stuff going on where she's not saying hmm. anything, but she's reacting to things. 
Uh, Kieran, you made a face. Is that? Not- oh, I'm just I'm I'm interested to hear what both of you thought about this because this isn't this is an Academy nominated performance here. Yeah, I, I thought she was incredible. Uh, almost maybe too toned down in some cases, but I, I thought she was incredible. Like nice subtle performance. I truthfully don't see how you could give an Oscar nominee to this performance. I am with Artie. I don't get it. Do you think it's just because she? I mean, she's not in it a ton. Is I don't that, think that she did. I don't think she did anything to just okay. just for me. I didn't see anything that anyone else couldn't have gone in there and done. Like there was no like the replacement. The war here is zero. You know, it's yeah. just it's it's not negative. Like she didn't take away. But it's just like if you put like Maggie Gyllenhaal in there, yeah, then it would get worse. But <laughs> but, Jesus, but like but like if you know she just was kind of just stock grade. You know she was in there and she's fine. I mean her character was really just reacting to things like you said. An Academy nomination? I I'm not defending the nomination. I I guess I didn't even that wasn't something I was thinking about when I was watching it. I did enjoy her performance. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with that. I thought she did a very solid job. Yeah, I, nothing I disliked about her in but this just, at all. I didn't know that she was nominated either. That's pretty like what else was going on that year yeah but i mean well i mean listen it's not like the there's other no numbers. girls in the revenant so there's one movie with no females. well i mean i look at i mean if we're gonna go there already i look at tessa thompson and in, in, in creed who to me was worlds better I, it, it, I would wager to say Charlize theron and fury road is better than this it's a weak it's a weak winner that year it's um i think the girl from uh from the Danish girl, um, Alicia Vikander, I think, wins, which is kind of a random Oscar winner because I don't think she's done a whole ton since. She was also in um, Ex Machina that year, too. She's the, and, uh, the Brie, robo, robo chick. Brie Larson, that, that, she was Best Actress, right? Like that That's was, Actress. Yeah, and she, did she, does she win for that? Yes. yes. That's a very good win. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. an appropriate win. What movie? Room. Room. Oh, oh, haven't seen incredible, that. Incredible, Artie. Okay. We'll get to. We'll talk. I'm sure we'll. That talk might be too much for Artie. Or might, Artie might get a little upset at that. Uh, it's an upsetting one. Yeah. yeah. More than this one, it's upsetting. I I yeah. finally came to I came to grips with the fact I'm never going to watch Manchester by the Sea. Oh, it's upsetting too. So yeah. I just Googled what happens and read the Wikipedia. <laughs> if I were to write a movie to upset you and offend all of your senses, it would be Manchester by the Sea. Like it is is perfectly. The last thing you want to see. It's an amazing film. I, I think it is. I, I liked it too, but it's very, very upsetting. Yeah, it's yeah. one of my favorite acting performances of all time. Yeah, it, it really is. And yeah. another I'm just example. Never gonna watch it. Another example of a year where I was like rooting against the winner, and then I actually saw the movie and was like, oh, yeah, that's right. why he won. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been. Uh, I think that's the Hacksaw Ridge year. I was all in on Hacksaw Ridge and and uh, that's Garfield. A, that's such a Kieran movie. Ah, that's a great Hacksaw one. Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge is awesome. Mel Gibson's insane, but God damn it, does he know story structure? God damn it, does he know story structure? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, can we talk about the rough man? Let's go with one more positive first before we get into a divisive. <clears throat> Stanley Tucci. Yeah. I mean, this guy. Talk about national treasures. I had no idea where you're going with this. Uh, well, the guy is like the guy is just ten for ten. Ev- he's batting a thousand in this movie too. In everything he's in, he's just an incredible actor. Everything, everything yeah. he's in, yeah. and he's different in everything he does. He knows how to have fun. He knows how to be creepy. He yeah. knows how to be you know uh, intense. Like it's just you know what's oddly one of my favorite performances of his is uh, you ever see Easy A? He's like the dad. yeah, he's the fun dad, and he's Easy the a. awesome dad. And I mean, there's like incre- He's he's very. Lovable, like like as a viewer, you're like, I want to know him. Like, you could you, you know? could tell he's then, a theater just, actor, and then you see the lovely bones. 
Uh, I don't even remember that movie. But... That's his nomination too. That's okay. his one nomination. Yeah, man. I I think he he's a lot of fun, and he he does bring some kind of levity to this movie, and it doesn't have any of it. He's the only man. Levity, I think. Wait, the lovely bones. Funny story. My wife's uh, older brother. It was like his birthday. They were in the city. Made a movie night, and he's like, "We're all gonna go see the lovely bones." Oh my god, Jesus. No one knew what it was. He just brought everyone. They sat in the theater. He fell asleep within minutes and missed the whole movie. And everyone was like, what is this monstrosity? <sighs> they they never let him pick a movie yeah. again. I mean, good. The and, next, he, and he falls asleep and they all have to suffer through it? Literally suffer through it. Yeah, fuck that movie. <laughs> the Lovely Bones. Stanley Tucci is really good in he's oh. you know too she's great in it though he's, he's great in yeah, everything okay. really yeah peter jackson will have his day here don't worry about that <laughs> <laughs> what does that have to do with it <laughs> he, he directed, directed lovely, lovely bones. bones oh we'll get wow. to we'll get to him um <laughs> yeah this is just we're just annoying everyone out there in the world let's let's, let's tackle more 99 percent favorable movies here peter jackson lord of the rings peter jackson is like a counterfeit guillermo del toro <laughs> <laughs> He's like I don't the, know, but I think many people may think that's the other way around. If Guillermo del Toro is Abercrombie and Fitch, Peter Jackson is American Eagle. Oh, let's get more dated too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we already gave everybody our graduating class at the beginning of this thing. Uh, like this movie, uh, Artie's jokes take place in 2001 as well. Yeah, Artie's wearing Aeropostel as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> the logo's faded. <laughs> okay, it's it's Mark Ruffalo time. Let's. Uh, Okay, well, I think maybe Chris, love you, Sardier. I think his performance is is interesting. I, I do. I, I find it interesting. It's twitchy and grunty and a little and bizarre, but that's kind of who he is as an actor. He does go for it. Apparently, he had the real guy on set and had him deliver the line before he then delivered the line on camera. Uh, trying to get, I guess, the performance exactly right. Uh, oh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> Doesn't it? I mean, I, I do enjoy it. it. It's it's odd. So I don't know what you guys' take on it is, but I don't think it's bad. Let's put it that way. I was struggling with, you know, the thing with Nicolas Cage. Like, if Nicolas Cage has bad material, he looks like a bad actor. But if he has good material, he comes off as a very good actor. I was wondering if Mark Ruffalo was like that. Now, but you I, said that to me before you saw this movie. Yeah, and I, I was wondering about that with Mark Ruffalo, but honestly, I think he's just a bad actor. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, it's, he, I he, mean, you, you know you are so, alone in the world in that. I mean, sure. most people do not agree with you. So I've also seen the Marvel movies. Yeah, okay, those are, but those, bad material, Artie. Right, now this was good material. This allegedly. is, and I will agree. So you think he's bad in this movie? Yeah, I will agree, so, the spotlight is good material. I'm not going to sit here. Yeah, and say the script good is good. It's good material. Real, so to to talk about that, you said he makes some quirky and kind of bizarre choices, and Kieran said it makes sense that the real guy was right there. It does make sense because the choices that, like, let's say, Liev Schreiber or Michael Keaton or Rachel McAdams makes in their facial responses, they work, and Mark Ruffalo's come off as off slightly to the left, but like out of tune. Don't you think that's part of the character, though? He's a little bit awkward and weird and like... Right, but you could do like that almost and... like, I would... On the spectrum, it seems. Yeah, and like, does he really have a wife? What's the deal with this? I'd, is it a wife or a girlfriend? I he know they referenced he, that briefly. I thought it was a girlfriend. He said, are you married? And he said, yes. 
Oh, okay. To Stanley missed, Tucci. I'm I positive. I, just, I missed that. I thought he was saying, you know, what's the holdup? I thought he was, they were I asking him, was, like, when are you going to propose? No, I was getting the next house. Oh, no, I was getting he, a house. I got the impression oh, that okay. they were... Oh, okay. Oh, no. Uh, see, I got... Well, maybe we're... Are we all off? I got the impression he was living in that apartment because he was estranged from the girl. Cause, um, Seems like they deleted some scenes. Because... Uh, <laughs> totally. Uh, Slattery's... <laughs> Thankfully. Char- Slattery's character goes... She's a good, she's a good girl. He's like, yeah, she is. Like, yeah, like that. Like, you should get back together with her. She's a good one. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Maybe he was just. I think they're strange. Establishing he was kind of single in the moment. Yes, yeah. yeah. That's um, why there's beer cans everywhere, pizza boxes everywhere. Yeah. Like he's kind of living single. More, uh, anyway. more tropes, you know. The yeah, <laughs> empty pizza fair. boxes and beer cans. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, <laughs> all right. So for me, for me, Ruffalo in this thing. For me, there's acting, and there's putting on an act, and I just think he's textbook evidence of putting on an act it's like all right i'm gonna be mark ruffalo but it looks like he just watched sling blade and he's like oh i want to look like that and then <laughs> and then i'm gonna make twitches and i'm gonna talk like this and i'm gonna and that's just gonna how i'm gonna deliver my lines and then you're gonna, uh, 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 and i'm gonna be nominated for an oscar i just don't it does not work for me he was it, nominated we, for this he was nominated for this oh. and it just it just does not nothing about his character in this works for me so uh, this is an odd one because like I don't agree, but I kind of understand what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I'm in this weird limbo situation I mean, right now. It seems like now it makes sense that the guy's there and he's like trying to act like the guy while he's acting. I mean, like that's yeah. that's how it plays. It plays to me like he's trying to put on an act. And he, listen, I, people like him. People dig him. I don't get it with him. I don't get it. I, I like him in Eternal it, Sunshine when it's he's like a a, a sixth, seventh person he's batting like eighth in the lineup and doing just fine down yeah. there i think I'm, when he gets to the head of the movie it starts to i'm gonna problems. set up a bear trap for you here <laughs> do you like him in zodiac um well i think we've had this conversation before chris i'm remember. not i don't he's one of the things about the movie i don't love Get i really do <laughs> i'm 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 with kieran uh gyllenhaal and and ruffalo in that movie they stood out but i also i i Really like Gyllenhaal in that movie. So See, I'm not and you guys are yeah. you guys are in the minority on that. Most people yeah. don't like Gyllenhaal's performance as much. He struggled with the movie. He struggled with Fincher. Love Ruffalo's performance. You know, now, the, now you're really gonna kick me out. What? I don't really like Donnie Jr. in that movie. <laughs> yeah, but you're not. A, I know you have that a character's out there though. Yeah, I just well, yeah, and it's not like I dislike it. I just don't. I don't understand what he's what he's what he's going for in that movie. Uh, it's a little a, bit a, a, an alcoholic and a drug addict. Uh, an alcoholic who drinks like blue curacao. It's like well, it's uh, the fucking seventies, dude. I don't know what the fuck they're up to. I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I I think the performances, the main, the lead performances are the weakest part of that particular movie. Uh, so, yeah. I love the movie. I mean, it's an amazing seriously, movie. Seriously, get out of my house. <laughs> I mean, if it's you want to cut to the if you want to cut to the awards, I'm down. Um, there's a disease going around. It's called Jeremy Renner syndrome. <laughs> oh god. And Mark go. Mark Ruffalo has it. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo is Mark Ruffalo. He's Mark Ruffalo acting. This is, you know, normally I fight you on these a little bit, already, but I, I'm, I'm gonna agree with you here in this one. I, it just—he totally looks like he's putting on an act to me. Yeah, you, I, I you, can see why. You, I, I can see that. I can see that. I, I'll, I'll, I'm willing to concede that point. I got to say that next to great actors, but I don't like. Well, yeah, that's a thing too. That's a thing too. And I guess maybe that's where you give Rachel McAdams some credit. Is it's like she's in the room with some. You know, with some all stars here. Rachel and McAdams is a great actress. Um, 
wow. See, now I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say that, Artie, because I thought you strongly disliked her. Well, there's her, and then there's <laughs> her as an actress. Like, the, right? Yeah. Well, I thought you strongly well, disliked her oh, as an you, actress. You her, as her as a person. I don't her. She do as a person. Who the hell knows her as a person? You know, a long time ago, I just had this thing in my head. You don't like wedding crashers. Like That's your. You don't yeah, like wedding Yeah, and, and she was in that. But honestly, I've I've grown. She's grown on me. She's a good okay. actress. Actually, she's a great actress. I, I have to say this too, and and not to make it about like looks or whatever, but man, I was watching this movie, and I know it's a few years. I mean, uh, after wedding crashers, but man, she's a, she's very pretty. Oh, she's gorgeous. She yeah, really she's is. gorgeous. Like, yeah, even she's, in this role where she's not playing that up she's just very very pretty see that's where you lose me a little oh you're not oh you're not, yeah see, she's he, right. he low-key doesn't like her i knew that i knew this. no he's, he's i just playing, i don't i don't he's putting on an act is what he's no doing. i'm not i don't <laughs> it's not my type no that's that's fair we're all allowed to have no, our types I like rose mcgowan but i don't like uh rachel mcadams it's sue me in the very beginning there we kind of teased it a little bit about the score i think we, just to have a little more of a yeah a, a, a fuller conversation on that chris you said you really weren't bothered by it at all I not only was I not bothered by it, I enjoy the score. I think it adds to this. I mean, it's an intense story and it's a lot of intense acting. And I think it's an intense score. I like that it doesn't change. I think it, I, I, I appreciate its simplicity. Yeah, I get, I mean, it, it gets me into the vibe of the movie. So I'm curious what you guys think, why you don't, don't like it. Well, I mean, listen, Howard Shore does a score. He's a great, he's a great composer. I, I, I dig his work for sure. So it's not, I'm not, you know, necessarily knocking on his end of it. It's more of how it was used to me. And this, like, playing it on loop throughout the whole movie, it just got very, it got very grating, and it just, it's kind of like, I don't know that I respond well to that. I feel like you're you're trying to force a mood here where the content's already sort of doing that and just, just lean back, lay back a little bit, lay, lay so off. What were you thinking about? Like maybe a little Danny Elfman or... Uh... Just some, just some, <laughs> just some silence. Just some, we don't need to... Manipulative felt like the right word at the beginning of this. Right. Because it's not really fair with music. You can make someone sad based on the combinations of notes you put together. You can make them happy. You can make them excited. Well, yeah, that's that's what scores do, dude. And, that's what they're for. And this kind of did all that with the same score, just when it was used. Yep, yeah, that's what a score does. I get it. But it just never stopped hearing this. It was just a cap. It, it also, was played on loop the whole time. Like there were some scenes where there's a quick little like newsroom montage of them running down the stairs, and then they walk into the newsroom, and the music playing is like it sounds like fucking Bane and Dark Knight Rises. It's like it's like a dude, dude, like the tempo is going, and I'm like, you know, if you put this on mute right now, it's just people walking down the stairs, and like, yeah. it, okay, again, I know that's, that's what, a, what a score of a movie does. I, I know that a movie without a score does, is like that. It looks monotonous, weird, random shit people are doing. Like, I like I like when it adds to the emotion that's already created in the scene, and not is all the emotion. I, in, yeah, I don't feel that the that's the case, but I, again. Well, I mean, I'm going to go back to that, too. It's like, I feel like this movie is really leaning on, can you believe that this actually happens stuff? It's just where I'm, I'm just a little surprised that it, that the approval rating for this movie is that that high, you know? And I think a lot of it is, is like no one's like no one's going to disagree with what they're talking about as far as like, listen, you know, this is terrible that this went on this long. It's great that they found it out and held these people accountable. 
And you know, all the President's Men was that a movie you were able to watch, Chris? Or yeah, you, I did. you got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. What, what were your thoughts on on that one? It, 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 it's it's a different era, so it's definitely a different movie. As it's it's, I didn't find it as intense as this. Well, the pacing is definitely way. The pacing different. is yeah. slow, and and you know, great performances, and it's a, it's a really interesting movie. It it, but it doesn't give me that that intense kind of feeling that this movie does. It's, yeah. It doesn't have the same effect for me. Well, the the reason that I just bring it up is is like I feel like that particular issue is like a little more. People may have different opinions on the state of what that is, and what and, and the movie's really driven by writing, acting, camera work. Yeah. I think that's a Gordon Willis. I mean, I it's think a, most it, people are pretty pretty solid on like on Watergate, and but what I'm saying is not, it doesn't offend the senses the way no. that child abuse does. Sure you know, like enough, what I'm saying. Yeah. So you're you're dialing up the content in this one. And I think the content and the facts drive the movie more than some of the stuff in between, whether it's the writing, whether it's the performances, whether it's, and I think that they're all fine. I just think that this movie takes a lot of, it takes a lot of leaning on the content to let the, do the work for it. And the right. score just is the, is the butter all over that. To me, the score stood out. Like it stood out from the rest of the movie. The note, I would try to be gentle about it, but the, the note I have is the score sucks. I hate it. Like <laughs> that was literally the note I had. And I got it. I wrote it like 45 minutes Art, into Artie my Siskel first over here. <laughs> 45 minutes into my first viewing. I just, it noticeably, it was noticeably off putting for me. Yeah. You know, it's funny though, because there's so many people who watch this and not even think of the score. Like I, I got, I watched a movie with my dad once and like we, we left the theater and he was like, He's like, yeah, I really like that one. I'm like, yeah, it was good. I just, the score, I, I didn't like the score. He's like, like, the what? He goes, shut up. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> he's like, it's like, zip it. You know, I don't care about that. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I don't care about that. Shut up over there. Uh, yeah. So, so is that what you're trying to say to me um, right now? No, but I think that there's a lot of listeners who are saying that to both of us. Like, they're like, all right, this is what we're going to pick on here, guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, we, if, if we got to give our, we got to give our, our takes out there. That's how we do it. I got to say two. And, and maybe this is a little bit a sign of the times or whatever, but this whole thing really felt like a long episode of SVU to me. Like, it seemed very procedural. It seemed very... And they go from spot to spot to spot to spot to spot, and then it was that. Yeah, I mean, I I love procedurals. I mean, clear, like... I'm going to bring it up. I'm not going to bring it up again. But uh, certain movies that I, you all know I love, like, they're procedurals. They're just like, what what what... A, a police investigation is like or what it is to investigate a story or like I, I just love that the pacing of a story like that you're saying it, it it's more like it's like a TV it, version of it it or, seemed uh, like a t- it seemed like a long episode of SVU or the, the yeah, X-Files I, I got like X-Files vibe. and listen I love Law and Order and the X-Files could, but like could do worse than that yeah. Uh, yeah but it's like out of a best picture winner eh, I expect a little more I, I thought the exact same thing it felt like a long television episode yeah like an HBO you okay. know one or two off do you think the score has something to do with that because it, it oh yeah it does seem like I can see where you it would, absolutely does yeah definitely yeah. you yeah. would like an like a really well done version of SVU would have music kind of similar to that. Yeah, and and you know the X Files is one that's like it has that same type yeah, of pensive right. piano. Yeah, it comes you know? off as a theme. Pensive piano. Here we go. Part of me just thinks that maybe this is better served as a documentary. You know, because I, I think that come it, on. Well, just it's like 
<laughs> or even a, or even like a six or seven episode show. Like I just I don't I don't I compare it to the other best picture. We're gonna do two movies later on in the season. I mean, I probably should more talk about stuff that we've already done, but I'll throw it over. We're gonna do two movies in Unforgiven and Parasite, where these are films that bring they elicit a lot of emotions and a lot of topics and a lot of discussions and themes and layers and we could sit and talk about the shit for hours and we probably will. Um I just don't what is the what are the themes to this one? That absolute power corrupts absolutely. No, you know like what I, like what you I know? think that it's important to have checks and balances and journalism is one of the is a very important piece so that it holds <laughs> He's rolling his eyes at me as I'm I was, saying this. I was dimming my eyes. It I holds wasn't power, <laughs> people in power accountable and informs the public. It's a very important thing. It's something that we are lacking in our society now. People are not informed. They don't know what's going on or they don't care or whatever Or they're it is. being informed with the wrong information or stilted information. Right. Well, or, correct. Know. Exactly right. But this is an example of it working well. It, it is, but it's like, it's also like, and here we go back to like the like the real versus the the fictionalized, like it's kind of like a little bit fictionalized in the sense that this article was done by someone else and they just really kind of stole it. And they, again, they kind of mention it in the movie, the, the article in the Phoenix. Yeah. Like, okay. Oh, well, no, they're running out of money. No one will ever see that. Like, it's not entirely true. Like, it was on well, the cover of the thing and it was like a big thing. Like that whole, the interview with the um, the 90 priests, like they could, 90, couldn't possibly 90 priests? Like that was in the the actual phoenix like that whole thing went down with the previous article so yeah but did 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 the mass did a mass amount of people see that and know about it because i don't think it came into people's consciousness it, until this it laid the groundwork for spotlights so fine revelations okay. and this is i just think that there's a you know you a, learn to ride a bike first and then you eventually learn how to drive a car i mean like there's yeah but this is more about like the 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 company with the more money was able to get it out there, which that's is fine. That's the reality yeah. of the life. Of but the that's world. more than just journalism, though. That's fair. I don't know. I I, I feel. I don't like, think it diminishes what they accomplished. No, no, it doesn't. But the movie, I think, is is it the agenda of the movie is here to say, see, this is what journalism does for you, and it's like, yeah, but you took a lot of, you really like glossed up a lot of different things to get there to me, whether it's really villainizing this other entity, this cover up, this conspiracy. Yeah, but that's versus a, I mean that is a you're you're saying it like they they made it bigger. I mean that bigger than it was. This is a this happened and it was a fact. Like it they did, and they're the ones that that informed a mass amount of people about it. Like the people didn't know about general public did not know about this until they wrote the story. I'm not you And credit you, to them. I'm not I'm not taking I'm not taking that away from them. But we covered the the po- just to, just so people aren't isolating this this section of this like we covered it before with having real life characters in this movie playing into the cover up that didn't actually do that yeah, like fair. adding I, I, I those get, things just makes it seem like a larger conspiracy right. it, it was a it was an it was an enormous problem within the catholic church they were covering up they were moving people around all that stuff yeah. it's horrible stuff no one is no one is is getting in their corner to defend them right but it's just like it's not it's not like the, the Boston Globe saved the country. Like that, it's not like there was a no, lot in, more. In going fact, on. I don't know. I don't know what changed or, or or how it changed afterwards. We other than that, we just know about it now. Like I yeah. don't know. I mean, the the biggest issue of the whole topic is. I mean, the six percent of the priest is online with the adult population. There was actually no oh, more. Right? Yeah, six percent is the is the oh, okay. the rate the adult population. I don't, I don't so know that. they don't. 
there's just there's just one of the things in reading articles about reality versus fiction with yeah. with the movie. So it's not like there's more pedophilia going on with the church, with the Catholic churches, and other religions experience the same issues too. Even have some similar cover ups and whatnot. The problem is, is that this was the cover up nature so and immense. the transfers yeah. and putting yeah. these people in new communities right. where they could repeat offend. Right. That's the that's the big, big bullet. Right. And that's what the Liev Schreiber character was really getting to. Is like, we're not going after a priest here. Right. We're going after the institution who keeps allowing these guys to refresh, refresh and and be listen, be violent criminals if we're really talking about it here. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. and you know, I think that we as a society caught up technologically to all of this. I mean, we talk about the serial killers in the 70s and what they got away with, right. you know. Um, 60s Bundy the just 80s, really. Bundy yeah. escaping prisons and boarding passenger yeah. planes. I mean, like, just come on. Just like, ridiculous <laughs> to think about now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there was a catching up to do with all that and and victims coming forward and all that too. Yeah, and I that's mean, that's the greatest thing that this movie achieved with that. Well, and, and, and uh, let's talk about the, sto- the story that this movie is based on. The, what, what came out of that is that, I mean, it is in the... Like, when you... Uh, unfortunately, for a lot of probably uh, many, many, many wonderful priests, for a lot of people, when you say the word priest, this is one of the first things they think of. I mean, uh, for it's it is for me at least, and uh, and that that's unfortunate again for a lot of people. But what uh, my point is in saying this is that it's in our consciousness now. Like we we yeah. know that this thing happened, and and that is important, and we should know that that happened, and so. So as not to do let it happen again. Yeah, know? yeah, and you know, and not just in the Catholic religion or church, just overall in general. Like we have to know that this is something that happens. You know. Yeah, and you know, I, I think that the you know the victims coming out after the investigation and all that is probably the biggest part of the whole thing yeah. is people knowing that they can speak up and. Right. But they don't have to bury it in, inside, be and, to and yeah, because yeah. you're just letting the you know, the criminals continue yeah. at that point. You know, we glossed over, we're kind of skipped. Uh, the opening scene is really good. Yeah, uh, the police in the, station. In the police station back in the day, just kind of laying out the groundwork for how things work. Like back Rachel in the McAdams. Day. I mean, it's like 2001, <laughs> but it, I guess that is back in the no, day. No, that was a flashback. Mm-hmm. The 20... opening The opening scene is oh. 1970. Oh, is it? It's, oh. Yeah. It's, it's, is it? Yeah, it's an old oh. priest. It's back in the day. It's it's what okay. used to happen, mm-hmm. what they were allowing, like back in the in the seventies. I think it was nineteen seventy five. The day they at went the to the earliest of, it. Well, uh, of, like, of a, that particular priest. Yeah. And the way Rachel oh, McAdams. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Paquin, right? The uh, yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't uh, Gagan. 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 Gagan's okay, the big yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, the the way Rachel McAdams and Michael Keaton kind of say at one point, they're like, I feel like everyone knows this story already, and. But us. The openings, but us. Yeah. And the opening scene is like a cop who's letting them interview the woman whose kids were molested. And the guy, the priest is in the other room and the cardinal and assistant DA show up and they just make it all go away. And he's seen it before. Yeah. That guy. Because yeah. the, uh, the young cop's like, well, you can't keep the yeah, arraignment the older, the older from the public. Like, what and the arraignment. old guy's like, yeah, what arraignment? They're yeah. just going to get rid of this guy. Now the the Gagan character there with the she kind of Michael Moore's the door and and interviews him. No, that's him not Gagan. Pac-Man. That's yeah. that's. Uh, I'm sorry, Pat. That's Paquin, right? Yeah, but you brought up the Paquin. That's that's what I meant. The, that the character, character needs to be brought up. He is so weird. 
I mean, that is supposed supposed to I mean, be. He's playing a, a diddling priest, so I get it. But I was just <laughs> not a diddling I, priest. I was just not ready for that line of dialogue to begin. And yeah. so, yeah. Well, uh, she's not ready. Well, the cool thing about that scene is she's not either. Right. To your she, point yeah. of her facial reactions, that's yeah. one of her best. She's, she's like, like Wait, you're what? you're like, him. Yeah, she's a, she's a shocked that he answers the door, and then she's sho- everything he says, she's shocked by. Like, wait, well, what? He's, he's like, well, I was never gratified, so it's fine. And she's <laughs> like, that is Excuse really it's a wild. Weird. It's a wild scene. How did it's you like, type let me that just in a write typewriter? This down. Apparently, that was accurate, except okay. it had happened. It had happened in multiple meetings. Yeah. Not All right. In one so meeting. again, a little manipulative with yeah, the every, story. To, right? We are it's a okay. That's a device because they they interviewed hundreds of priests and a bunch gave but, the same answer. So we'll we'll know. But I mean, what he said in that is literally what that guy. Said. Yeah. So that that part of it is it just didn't happen in this exact it, way. Well, and, no, it didn't didn't happen in the sense that someone stepped in and said, "You can't be saying this right now." Like that didn't like they had a right. sit down interview yeah. in the, the guy's Michael, living room, and Michael, that was his quote. Like that's what he delivered right. for them. Michael Mooring. <laughs> hey, what did you do? Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> but but that's just leaning into the overemphasizing the cover up part of it. Is, oh get out of here you can't speak to him anymore and then like they move out of the house and never to be seen again you know like it's like that that stuff was was very x-filesy to me but okay. all can be positive a little bit too is the victim scenes were were really pretty strong for me um the three in particular we we mentioned the one already with the guy with the tracks on his arms yeah. the homosexual guy yeah. who you know there was some good thematic content there in him just saying, you do realize the problems with this is the first person who ever said it was okay to be gay, right. and it's like, like he, someone's he assaulting these, me. Like he had feelings for men, but I mean, was exposed or was told it was okay by a priest. By a priest, yeah, that's like and in the, in, a, in a situation he did not want. You know, it's just it's yeah. really there's a lot to unpack. There must be that. really hard to deal with and really disturbing. Fully agree. I thought some of the strongest scenes in the movie were the victim scenes. Yeah, and then the other one is the with the conspiracy theory guy. Who was a yeah, victim as well, great. Yeah. and him just kind of breaking down what the community is like with the church in a poor mm. neighborhood, right. and the grooming nature of of, yeah. of how of how that goes down, and all yeah, they do that it slowly, stuff, right? They started off slowly. Like, that was the know. best thematic stuff, in right? That's the biggest part where you can say like, all right, we we can, all right, yes, obviously. They're assaulting children. That's bad. But let's talk about why it's more than just physically bad. Let's talk about this mental and emotional damage it does. And that's why one of the things I wish they would have done is talk about the damage that that does to that kid's parents and how they are struggle with now, oh my God, like I've been trying to take my kids to church because I'm trying to build a family and now there's this going on there and that kind of crossroads. And where I think the movie kind of just leaned and said like, oh, now you should really all just be lapsed Catholics. You should all just not go to church. And is that what it says? I thought the tone that that scene with the, them on the deck with with Ruffalo and her on the deck. You mean on the fire escape? Yeah, and yeah, that's, that's my but, that's in my. In, uh, we're going to talk about that in the awards. Yeah, Ruffalo, and which, Ruffalo already mentions earlier on that he's a lapsed Catholic. Well, they they Rachel all Ma- they, well they were and, they are asked right they are and, asked and, by and, a victim and Rachel McAdams says she's like I go with my grandma sometimes. She said no, she's the one that says I am lapsed. I go with my grandmother sometimes. Right, right, but then later on in in that scene on the balcony or whatever, she's like I stopped going with my grandmother. It's like yeah, right. I think yeah, she you didn't recently. make it sound like it was a big deal to begin with and now it's like this thing that I love. And I, then I'm later in the movie you're it. like sliding the newspaper article to grandma with like over a cup of tea. Like well, I don't need so that. Cheesy. And it, well no, it's yeah. just it, it's just yeah, kind of like it's, it's it's creating a bad sentiment to me. And when you already have 
really all the people breaking the story are non-Catholics to begin with. You have the Armenian guy, you have the Jewish guy, you have the... There's a little bit of an attack on the, on the Catholic the Catholic community to me. I, I didn't, I, what, how I felt like, for instance, her showing the grandmother, the article was like, Hey, I, this is what I've been working on. I want you to see it from me first. Like, this is what's happening. Like, I, I don't think it was like a, Hey, don't go to church anymore. And this is why I, I didn't get that. Impression. The other scene we see them in the church where the priest does like the cheesy joke. And then it's like, Oh, information, the internet. Oh, Oh no. Like, yeah, that was, a you weird... should have faith, not oh information. God, that like so weird. that was, a, like, that was a weird like, scene. I'll give that's it. That's really, that. you know, again, 6% of the priests are, are the problem here. Like what about the other 94%? They, this movie made them look like complete assholes, you know? And listen, I'm sure there's probably more than the 6% that cause problems within there. And that's, um, but I, I just thought that there should have been, there should have been a little more representation of the congregation, the people who went to church for the right reasons and who were there to worship and were there for their own spirituality. Yeah, but it's not that, that were that were victims of this too. It is about that because they made it about that. They they showed the congregation. I just don't know how like how do you show that in this vis- this visual medium? Like, you have an interview with, you have an interview with a priest who is a good one, who's talking about the other ones who are bad ones and, the, and the, the strain it's having on him. You have an interview with someone from the congregation who works for the church or something well, and show the crossroads. Show the, listen, we're talking about a movie here. We want, we want to create thought. We want to create emotion. We want to create um, conversation. And rather than just saying, all right, this is what happened. This is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And we showed it to you. You know, like... Uh, this is one instance where it sounds like you're... Being a Catholic and watching it makes you feel a little attacked. That's okay if that's how it comes off. I I think even more so than this movie is attacking what you're saying. That's fine. You know, it could come off that way, but I still think it's a topic of conversation, you know, and I'm sure there's plenty that disagree with what I'm saying. But those specific scenes to me is another one is the the 9-11 scene, which is completely ridiculous to me. Why are we... That's true, though. It interrupted. I know that the, it happened. It, it doesn't have a purpose in this story, though. It could have. It been, does. It could have been omitted. No, it does because it, it delayed. It delayed their investigation and delayed the article coming out. They couldn't release it then. I know, and it, it delayed the movie. Again. There's it delayed a, the movie by fifteen minutes. There's an. <laughs> there's an inappropriate. In my in my opinion, there's an inappropriate tone there. Again, we're getting into more of this than I wanted to, but <laughs> I think we're pretty good to go into awards yeah, here, I right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right, before we get into awards, let's do the, let's do the Twitter questions here. We do have a lot of glowing... Crystal, this is going to revive your... Uh, this is going to revive your side of things here because we do have mostly glowing and positive questions here. Loaded questions, as you'd say. Already. Obviously. They build in the answer they want you to give. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, we are going to start with Chauncey Tells. Why couldn't Keaton crack into either acting category? Um, so I guess we'll just, I'll start by saying, did you view him as a supporting guy here? Or did you view him as a lead? I, I was just going to say, I don't know if he's in it enough, you know, cause it is a, a pretty, the, the, it's pretty spread out as far as the cast goes. They, they all get a little piece, but it's not, there's no one person. I guess he would be the lead. Probably the closest thing to one, but I feel like this might be one of those weird movies where everybody is yeah. eligible for everything. Everybody's supporting. Everybody's you know, they're all supporting, supporting each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I it's a movie about a, a team. It is a movie about a team. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. I think that's probably why they wouldn't know where he wasn't nominated. Ruffalo was. I I would have gone with him over Keaton. Ruffalo. Wasn't Keaton was not. Yeah, I think that's why. I think it's because they chose Ruffalo. They just didn't know where to put him. I, I don't know. I choosing Ruffalo is probably a mistake. But uh, yeah. yeah, Ruffalo was the more acty 
role. Like yeah. He's making more decisions and stuff. So it's probably he like, had more screen time. Yeah. It, it might I think have been he's the first build too. It does seem like there's a couple of attempts by Keaton to do the Boston accent, which I don't think was terribly good. I agree. It he, wasn't he a bailed, lot. He bailed on a little. He bit. He bailed on it, yeah. which is a smart move. Wait, you guys I, realize no one in this movie does a Boston yeah, accent? Yeah, which no, I'm that's actually, good. I like that. I'm okay with that. the Valkyrie thing. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I too. like it better, and I'm also okay with them from time to time throwing it in like the departed like uh, the, yeah. some people get annoyed with departed i love the departed i think it adds character to the movie that there's all yeah. these wacky One choices two gonna... accents here or there but like being we are from a place that has a pretty distinct accent long island is known for it's new york but it's not it's our own accent if you notice i don't neither none of i mean i don't have it I you don't guys have don't it. have it not every most people don't have it like th- there's a there's a group of people that have it a thick one, and then there's regular people. And I'm fine with a, a movie taking place anywhere and the people don't have the accent. It's I'll fine. just tell you, if everyone in this movie had a Boston accent, it drive, might be unwatchable. It would be unwatchable. Right? <laughs> it might be unwatchable. And, 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 and it seems like Keaton tries it at the beginning and just gives up on it pretty quick, which I'm fine with. Rachel McAdams does it occasionally, like in a couple words. It's almost like she forgets she's not supposed to be doing the it. On, the one that I don't... It doesn't seem real to me, but again, I'm not from Boston, is the... Uh, the victim, the 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 the, uh, the track marks guy. No, no, his is real. I mm-hmm. mean, that guy's yeah. a Southie. I mean, that guy's clearly from Southie. Uh, no, the the uh, the gay gentleman. The uh, oh, okay, yeah. He his accent. He's supposed to have that door doy chest Dorchester. Sorry, right, Boston uh, people. Almost kind of sound Dorchester like a New York accent, uh, accent, and it doesn't. To me, it doesn't sound real. I don't yeah. know if it is or isn't, but yeah. Um, we should say too around here. You just Chris, as you said, some people have stronger accents than others. Also, some people's accents come out in moments yeah. that they don't normally have, you know. So their right. accents aren't always this even thing that are always there. He means drunk, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, remember the guy who used to turn Irish when he would drink? <laughs> yes, I do. Except he actually thought he was from Ireland when he drank. Yeah, well, he spent different. a month there one summer. <laughs> Islip. He was from Islip. Yes, not um, Iceland. Yeah. Islip. Next is Bernard Oliver. I still say that Liev Schreiber has low-key and incredible performance and is one of the most underrated performances of the 2010s. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, the second I mean, half of that just, gets a little dramatic. But, I, right, we discussed, I can't speak to we that discussed second part, this. but the first part, I, yeah. I've already brought up. Bernard, as I, I was it. as I was reading that, already threw his hands in the air like, absolutely, he amen. He kills it. He kills yeah. it at every level. I love Liev Schreiber. I really I, do. I do. He's too. just great in everything he's in. He's, he's even good as Wolverine in the old know, X-Men. I want more of Sabretooth in the old X-Men. You know what my favorite movie. thing is? Is any of the sports stuff he does on HBO, like any of those voiceover? He does um, Hard Knocks, and he does. Uh, yeah, he does. He's the, the voice for all of HBO sports stuff. Yeah, he does he's the voice. Incredible. He's, he's incredible. He's at incredible it. to listen to. I didn't even to the point where I didn't even know it was him. Like somebody told me, and I was like, "Wait, that's Liev Schreiber." And then I listened to it, I'm like, "Wait, that's Liev Schreiber?" Like I couldn't even. He just puts on this awesome sports documentary voice. Yeah, I believe it used to be Harry Callis, the um, the announcer for the Phillies. He did it, and then he passed away. And I think Liev Schreiber oh, took yeah. over, took over yeah, all of that. Incredible yeah. at it. Amazing. Yeah, it's great. And then he has the show. Um, what's the uh, Showtime show? Ray Donovan, which yeah. I've never seen, but uh, John it's good Boyd until it's not good. Yeah, but yeah, great actor, great actor. And he, his debut was uh, a movie I did for Below Freezing, Mixed Nuts, a Christmas movie. Oh, um, Adam Sandler and Steve Martin, and that mixed it. It's, oh, okay. Well, it's Below Freezing, so it's, you know, yeah. not very Bad. good. Uh, but I love it nonetheless. You guys ever see Manchurian Candidate with him and Denzel? The remake of Manchurian yeah, Candidate, and, yeah. Uh, Meryl Streep. That's secretly like a phenomenal movie. That's Jonathan Demme, the director yeah. of, uh, of Silence. 
Sons of Lambs. Oh, wow, yeah. really? So, Bernard, there you go. We we love Liev Schreiber around here. Shout out to Bernard. Bernard's a big Steelers fan, so it's having a tough a tough start to the season. Anytime you lose the Jets, that's a tough uh, tough way to go. You know what's even worse? Now they have like a, a bogus week of false hope because their rookie quarterback's going to start over there, you know, the the guy they started the first four weeks. So they're like, oh, this could be the guy for the future. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Okay, uh Jason Fraley asks, what's your take on the final shot? I always thought the film cuts to black at just the right yeah. moment. Perfect. I love it. I love yeah, that. we didn't mention that. I loved that. Where it just, it cuts almost like, it's not quite mid-sentence, right? But he just kind of. Yeah, he picks up the phone, I think. Yeah, that's I think right. he picks up the phone. Yeah. To, you know, they're, they're getting out there. And yeah, yeah. Or did you like the end of this one? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I've Start been pretty, strong and strong. I've been well, pretty negative here. I, I actually really liked the final shot. I thought yeah. that was. You know, th- at the end of the day, the, if you're going to do something like this, you have to go back to making it about the victims. And I thought they did a gr- they made a great choice in doing that. And I, I, I do love the title cards of all the places that this has this this was discovered to have been happening all over the country, and then it's it, then it goes to all over the world. It's everywhere in yeah. uh, so many countries. Like, it's just it's cool. I, I really dig it. It's a great way to end a movie that with with a because it's a story that doesn't really isn't it hasn't ended it, it's it continues you and know, i made sure to look for our diocese it was in there rockville, uh, center. rockville yeah. center wait was that oyster bay's rockville center diocese is that yeah. right i saw that yeah. rockville center yeah we were uh, yeah that was a big Hart, uh, big hartford deal. where i'm from hartford connecticut also was one mm-hmm. yeah yeah wow yeah. okay is this the best ensemble drama of the last 20 years i mean in a word no for me but uh, uh I, I probably what is though ensemble? i think i like argo more than this well, well, we'll I, that day will come where we have to. Well, we're picking. Kieran, we're talking about an what, ensemble what movie. He, what was the specific wording? Is this the best ensemble drama of the last twenty years? That's from Seth Vargas. Ensemble just means a bunch of stars, right? Yes. Yeah, a bu- yeah, a bunch of stars in in kind of spread out roles. No, it's not. It's not. Thanks yeah. for the question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next. We have Nostalgia Cast a Spell, one of the few films that A, features a cast that functions as a single protagonist, and B, is a wholly deserving of that Best Picture Oscar. Rarely has the act of sorting out the truth felt so vital on film, a class act from start to finish. So more of a statement there, Chris, yeah, since I was going to say, you. was there a question? Uh, Not just a statement. I did, okay. say, uh, I did say add a question or comment. Okay, for discussion, gotcha, gotcha. so is that uh, well put in your in your yeah, line there, sure. Chris? Yeah. yeah, back in Chris G up a little bit here. Next we have one thousand and one by one. Adam asks, "This is an important film. Why doesn't it live in the cultural zeitgeist the way Moonlight and Twelve Years a Slave does?" I don't know that. Does Moonlight? I mean, I think does it Twelve does. Years a Slave? He is. I, f- I think I it think might. So. I, think I think the subject matter of these movies is the main issue. I yeah. would agree. They're not. Yeah. They're not terribly. I, although I do find this one to be rewatchable. My opinion, uh, a lot of those movies are not that rewatchable. You know, I think Moonlight is touted pretty, pretty large on on Twitter. There, um, Spotlight. I, mean, like, I, I feel about, like they're all kind of in that same bracket. There, he's kind of saying, do they exist in our in our consciousness? Like, do they just live there? Like, which they don't. A lot of them. We, we when we talk about them, we talk about them finally, but we don't like. Oh, I really gotta like. I really really want to hit 12 years a slave tonight you know that's a, i really haven't seen it in a while like you don't nobody talks about that yeah you know, like, when we're talking zeitgeist you know do yeah, they does go it live to in our consciousness does it i do think i do think we still need some distance from the year yeah anytime you're soon. it's seven years ago so i mean 
what will it be in the public zeitgeist 20 years from now? I mean, when it, I mean, just in doing this, all the comments seem positive. It has the high Rotten Tomatoes yeah. rating. It seems like people like this movie. Well, I'll say something about a movie that came out or was nominated in the same year is uh, uh, The Big Short does live in the zeitgeist. It, it, I see clips of it all the time on the internet, mm. social media. It's around. It's it's a thing we think about, we talk about still. And this one doesn't quite have that. So that's, I think it is the material. It's got to mm. be. Yeah, that big short's, you know, more digestible subject material. And also, it's, also it's more sort fun. of, a, it's also like a rags to riches kind of thing with the, not rags well, it's, to it's riches. riches to rags for most people, but yeah. Right, but the movie <laughs> centered around the guy who, you know, cracked the code early. Right, so right, like right. people like to see that. Sure, fair. Peterson W. Hill asks, what other moments in history need this treatment? I would argue that the period between Mike Shula being fired and Nick Saban being hired at the University of Alabama is ripe for dramatic retelling. Also, is this movie a miniseries today? So I think he's joking a little bit there. But I mean, I mean, you could look at the Penn State stuff as something that yeah. I think they've done that. Um, um, it's, like definitely a, it's definitely a mini, um, uh, um, sorry, excuse me. It's definitely a limited series now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah this is 100%. a, this is a Netflix series of a, that, or um, whatever, yeah. a mind hunter esque toned yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a limited, it's a one season one off, but Hey, one best yeah. picture of the year it was out. So no, well, I, I think that that speaks to more where we are, are at as far as uh, filmmaking and TV goes than, than it does the material or the, uh, the actual art of, of what, the format. The art that they created is great, but I just don't think it would be made like this now. It's yeah. Just, it's the way our, our entertainment is going. Yeah, know? true. Okay, let's move on here to the uh, the nitpick zone. The Entering the I mean, nitpick. Haven't you guys been doing that the entire episode? I've actually been <laughs> entering my the nitpick oh, zone. Oh, Jesus Murphy. Okay. Okay, Artie, you're uh, chomping to go here with the nitpick zone. Yeah, so we've been, we briefly discussed one, but there's just no Boston accents and they're in Boston. You know, we're, yeah. nit, we're nitpicking. There uh, is Boston accents, though. They're, no, Faded they're not ones. doing Boston accents. None of sure them are, are doing, they're they, not doing Boston yeah. accents. Absolutely, they are. Some of some of them are. Like Rachel McAdams. No, only, she's not. Ruffalo doesn't. Tucci Stanley doesn't. Tucci doesn't. Okay, uh, Mike doesn't. Yeah, uh, there's we, a couple I think of we, people. Uh, we, we've talked about we this. Covered it. A couple we people covered it. do, yeah. but um, so anyway. they're there. But like, like I said, I don't mind that. I'd rather them not do it. I, Chris, did you I'm have with any? You. Did saying. you have any nitpicks? I you do were pretty... have one. Okay. The guy on the phone who's very important. He's... Richard Jenkins. The Richard Jenkins yes. voice there. Yeah. Yeah, I have a problem with it. Why does he sound like a serial killer calling into a police station? Like, well, I thought that was very deep throat. Um, right, homage that, to, oh, to um, all also? the president's men. That's what I. That's what I okay, took. I thought okay. that was a. I thought it was a that, choice. I thought that that was a. That was a, an homage to president. It, it all the did president's take men. Take me out of it a little bit. I have to yeah. say, you ever I, I love Richard Jenkins. So, and yeah. I, I knew. I'm like, oh, I know that guy's voice. Who is that? And he's he's uncredited on the uh, on the thing. I don't know. Do I, Richard Jenkins? Yes, uh, the, the dad and step brothers. Is that who that is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I immediately uh, knew. It took me one second. I was uh, like, "Oh, that's the dad." Okay, uh, didn't even blink. All right. Well, then I guess not. not he's, like, you know, so he's like, "I'm, I'm an Academy twice Academy nominated guy." You know, he's the dad from Step Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I know the, him, yeah. uh, the dad in uh, Six Feet Under too. Brilliant oh, theater. Oh God, Six Feet Under. He's phenomenal yeah. in that. Oh. Uh, you ever listen to Coast to Coast AM? It's like a conspiracy theory radio show. 
He's, not my, not my. Jam. I wouldn't know how to find an AM show. Not my jam. Period. No, it's just called Coast to Coast in the morning, like AM. Cool. He uh, he sounds exactly like the callers who call in and just confidently rattle off nonsense conspiracy theories. Yeah. Except he's actually <laughs> right about everything he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. But other than that, I don't much. Yeah, my nitpicks were mostly just like little tropes. Like, you, Artie, you brought up that scene in the beginning of them flashing the seventies, like the priest and the priest, like the the head of the uh, whoever's in charge of the priest is there for the interview. They get into the the black car that's already running with a driver waiting to take them away. Like, come on. All right. Like, I'm sure they drove themselves and keyed into the car and left. Like, they didn't have, like, this this ominous black Cadillac waiting for them to just speed off into the villainous night. Yeah. Um, the pizza boxes all over the apartment. I mean, that's just yeah, so... Beer oh, my so God. Weird. That's so, like... Have you ever seen that not in a, a TV show or a movie? Right, like, right. You ever been over to your buddy's house and there's just empty pizza boxes and beer cans everywhere? Like... <laughs> In college, um, maybe. Yeah, so... Uh, I mean, it, it is kind of how I imagine your apartment to be, Kieran. Uh, well, personally. no, we're very very tight. Well, there's no food in Kieran's apartment. <laughs> very, very tight. <laughs> that's why he didn't have dinner. There's no food. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, I got some. Okay, what do you got, Artie? At one point, Michael Keaton says to Mark Ruffalo, golfing's not a verb. Okay. Oh, I did want to talk to you about this one, because that's my quote of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I actually, if, if you're thinking of it, like I don't know that that's true. So already, already talked to us. Golfing is a verb. Already, you're the biggest golfer in the room. Uh, this is just I, I, you know, I googled it, and there's a million results. Golfing is is a verb. It's you're you're golfing. You're, I guess technically it's a present participle, but you can go golfing. Golfing is playing golf. Oh, fuck, is it now? Is it not a verb? Is it <laughs> a present to, participle? To, to golf. To golf. And he went golfing. Is running is running a verb? It is. Or is it a present participle? That, I, I am that, running. I don't think am that, is the verb on that. I think that his point with saying that was is like it's just that's kinda like if if like your your wife was nagging you, are you going golfing today? It's like you know, are you going baseballing today? Are you going footballing today? It's you like, know, no, I'm going to golf. And in golf, I do a bunch of different things. I putt, I chip. Well, I'm, I glad, go, I, like, I'm glad I brought this up and shot yeah. myself down because it's, um, it's definitely not right. I, feel, I mean, it's, I feel like a movie about journalism and a character that's supposed to be like an expert journalist is not going to get that wrong. But I, I know, think it's, it's also but that I also like the Googled non. It and there's answers that go against it, you know. But well, Google's oh not. well, the internet's always correct. So. I thought it was I a it. I viewed it as a non-golfer and a golfer having a conversation, which really tickled me great because all my friends are obsessed with golf, and I I'm retired from it because I can't <laughs> Tea stand time, it. Is that what they call um, it? Yeah, right. <laughs> Wait, you're retired from golf? I'm semi-retired. I go. I go to. Would you be opposed to going to Top Golf or whatever that place is that that we have now? I think a bar. You want to start? We'll take Artie. I have a gift certificate there. I could bring like four people. We should just go as as family. Bring our family. You don't want to. You would not be into Um, that. You you know, you want to start up your golf career. I want to wind down. I know how to play golf. Mm. Yeah, but you. But I'm saying, like, like you sound, you sound like you're interested in expanding. No, I'm interested in contracting. I'm interested in going to an indoor place. Where it has that has alcohol and I can rock balls. It, potentially, we'll discuss off mic. We'll discuss off mic. <laughs> okay. But um, apparently, Michael Keaton has never used a computer before. I was never <laughs> taught to type because he types like a T Rex. Well, oh, I thought that was a choice. Uh, it's to what? For someone who like works for the Boston Globe, doesn't looks, know how to type. It literally well, looks he, like it de- clearly okay. was a choice. There's no way he would like do that because because okay because it he, looked like he, he couldn't old. even pretend to type. No, listen, he is old. He came up in journalism where they probably had 
typewriters where you did type, I think, more like that. Oh, more finger. Yeah. So he, the computer know. stuff is kind of newer thing to him. And he, yeah, he didn't learn how to type. Because at this point, he doesn't write articles anymore. It kind of makes sense that he would type, like you type on a typewriter. Yeah, there's no way it wasn't a choice. It like was the, a choice. I, I think it, I, th- I get, I think I get where, what they were trying to do there. See, I think it was an oversight. I don't think they made no. a choice to let him. He's only, he's in front of a computer a ton, the movie. He only types in one scene and it's for two seconds and he just goes click, click and hits like the keys three times and then stops. And I'm willing to bet. The choice should have been to not show him type. Like, he looks like <laughs> he's never done I'm it. I'm willing to bet it was, it was trying well, to trying show to... that he had been in the game for a long time and, and he's kind of. It, it's pat like, this technology is passing him by. Yeah, All I think right. Chris is right there. All right. The question is, is, was the gap from typewriter to keyboard that steep that you wouldn't? Right. It wouldn't transfer you over. You, I mean, I I can't type, and I can type way better than that. You yeah. Know, so. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I'm I'm actually cooled out on Epic Script. Do you have any more? That was my last. Yeah. One. Yeah. I was pretty light on that with this. Most of my Epics. Yeah, you to do with the movie. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The BPC Awards. We start with MVP. Chris, MVP. I've already mentioned it. Uh, Michael Keaton. And specifically, Michael Keaton's wonderful, expressive face. Michael Keaton's face is my MVP. Just mm. wonderful to look at. I didn't know and we could pick body parts. The acting coming out of it was pretty good, too. So <laughs> We could pick body um, parts? All right. Yeah, you can pick it if you want, dude. I'd like to redo my League of Their Own MVP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, I mentioned that I thought that like a lot of the characters were really kind of put in a box with being a character and... You know, they didn't really stray from what what they started with. I thought Michael Keaton was the exact opposite of all that. I thought he, his character showed the largest wave of emotion. I thought he was the best actor on the screen. Uh, I thought he stole the show. He was yeah. my MVP, for sure, cool. Michael nice. Keaton. All right, I went a different different route. I went with Liev Schreiber. Love it. I thought he was the best performance. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've said my piece. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Cool. LVP. Here we go. LVP, the least valuable player. Who's it going to be? We'll, we'll, have, we'll have Chris go last because I feel like that's the most interesting of the, the person who liked it the most go last. Uh, Artie. Uh, the Jim Sullivan character. Yeah. Okay. Yep. You kind of hinted at that before. Uh, what a derf. <laughs> is, this, <laughs> is this guy even an actor? What a that's, derf? That's my note. Yeah, derf. You know what a derf is? No, Just I don't. It's like a. It's like he brings nothing to the table. He's just. Like is it a, like an he's acronym? Just, he's just there. No, I, I, is it, or is it a sound like derf? Like he's a derf. It's a sound. Oh, he's Derpy furiously derf. googling something. Yeah. Noun. Someone who is an idiot, annoying person, jerk. You know, oh, okay. like he's just yeah. a derf. Okay, got it. I didn't like him. Okay, fair. I try not to make my LVP Oscar Uh-oh. nominated people here, but uh, it's here. the Academy. Yeah, Ruffalo. Um, I just don't. I just. I just. I'm not on board with anything he's doing in this movie. I, I think he's distracting. I don't think he's good. I can't believe that he's nominated for it. Um, yeah, Dutch. I mean, I think I said my piece on that one. And, and I, I can. I can be okay with the fact that he's maybe he's divisive in this. Like some people like him, some yeah. people like the choice he makes. But I, to me, least valuable player, Mark Ruffalo. Got it. Chris, LVP. All right. So. I mean this in that in the context of this particular story, and I and I also usually don't go for um, specific people because these are artists and they're doing their best, and sometimes you you swing and you miss, you know. Mm. So I, I try not to disparage people too much. It's kind of to me, it's got to be the Catholic Church in this particular situation. <laughs> it's pretty much the LVP. oh, you like the movie or like in the easy well, the easy choice. Listen, I mean. 
I think they deserve in this particular instance they deserve it. You well, know? Like you could it's... you could say that they're the MVP for getting the movie to win Best Picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not air that. The producers, <laughs> the produ- we are not saying that Please. they are the MVP. I, the, pro- the producers are counting their dollars. So like, oh, thank God for the Catholic Church. I am saying don't air that. I, I would say anything. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. Okay. Sorry, it's the Catholic Church MVP. That's. I mean, in listen, this, in this particular instance, state not their best. Moment. You can't say that's not let's fair. Put it that. Let's put it that way. They did that to themselves. Um, <laughs> all right, we have. Uh, Participation award. Throw a little love to someone. This is a great. This is the greatest type of movie for participation award because yeah. like everyone's so eligible yeah, yeah. and who you want to give a little love to. So I'll go first in in this instance since you guys went first the other two times. I'm going with John Slattery who played uh, Ben Ben Bradley. Love it. Uh, just I, I liked his kind of. I liked his position in this movie. I liked that kind of balance of yeah. of manager kind of keeping everyone in. The spotlight comes he to also, him. Eh, we'll he decide. also didn't, didn't his own beliefs. He didn't. Love it. Like he he was, he didn't he didn't necessarily like the story or think he was it, conflicted. Yeah, he was yeah. conflicted. But by he knew it. he had to keep going forward. Yeah, and, and he, he the did right it. thing. He yeah. did the right thing, but it was kind of went against his beliefs a little bit. Like he was, was a cool. good, true, pure journalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I thought great. there should have been more of that balance throughout a, a lot Fair. more of the movie. Yeah, so, but yeah. I I really liked him in that, and I have to see Mad Men. I got Steve B oh, bugging dude. me, Chris. You've been bugging me for it years. Is, yeah. I mean, it's up there with the best shows ever made. Yeah, I gotta made. do it. I mean, you already too, man. I, that's you next for me. Really, I, gotta, gotta I think that. that's next for me. I think I gotta yeah, do that. I'm awesome. in the middle of my Sopranos rewatch, which is also amazing. So you're, you're hitting all oh, my. Oh, you're doing here. the right thing with that. I'm that's showing what my you wife should be the doing. whole show for yeah. the first time. That's yeah. what you should be doing. You're, 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 you're hooked. You're, you're on you're, point. You guys are hitting all my my nice my sexy spots here. I love it. Both nipples go point to point. Artie, participation award. This was really hard. It was between two people. I want to say both, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to pick Billy Crudup. Oh, great. Phenomenal facial acting in this. Absolutely. Chris really is a big Billy Crudup guy. I just hit another sweet spot on me. Here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Uh, Billy Crudup just does a great job at creating a character with not a lot to work with. Great facial acting. Uh, yeah. Super charismatic, but also serious. Really well done. I am I'm really glad... I do think Crudup is having a a, a time where people are, are starting to realize what how great he is. Uh, I've been a fan of his way back before anybody knew who he was. I'm not trying to be like, you know, oh, my God, I knew Well, him you first, know but... a lot about a lot of stuff before everyone else. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been around a long time. Yeah. Um, no, but Crudup's great. Great choice. I, th- I think he's not in a lot. He's in a couple scenes, but he's phenomenal in those scenes. You know, great stuff. Yeah, I know you love Crudup, and I had some issues with the character and how the character was written, but I thought the acting was on point. I did not choose him for my participation, but yeah. I just, you know how much I love him. Yeah, the him. acting's on point. Um, yeah. A guy I'd maybe like to see a little more of in some of these things. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, so that's a participation award. Time Machine Recast. Do you want mine? Oh, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry. That's right. I get the Crudup thing. No, we're off. good. We're just going to yeah, carry I'm on. I'm <laughs> always skipping. That's my new theme. I skip Chris on things. Yeah. Yes, um, that's yes. the new thing. Yeah. Chris, participation award. All right, particip- my participation award. I'm surprised one of you guys didn't pick him. Uh, is Tucci, Mr. Tucci? Mm, so, great choice. Honestly, it was between Crudup and Tucci. Yeah. Normally, if I was going last, I would have said both, but I had yeah. a feeling you were going to say Tucci. He's yeah. just so fun, man. He's fun he's to great. watch. And, I could easily have gone there. Yeah, could easily have gone great. there. Yeah. You know, he's great. Is. Consistent. Yeah, yeah. outstanding. Okay, so uh, Time Machine recast. Take anyone at any point. Another fun one when you have a lot of these different little roles to kind of roll in here. Um, Chris, you look like excited uh, to go first. I'm here. excited. Yep. Um, as much as I think this guy was kind of f- weird and it was kind of 
a, a, a not, not a bad choice. Uh, it's Mr. Father Paquin. Uh, oh, okay. okay. We're gonna, oh, my, so we're oh just my doing God. one, Where one going scene, right? He's in one scene in the movie. He's wow. at the door. Yeah. And uh, I'm fascinated with this. We're doing, we're doing it. John Carroll Lynch. Oh, slightly young. You'd have they, to age him up. They'd age him up a little. Or that just it's time machine. Just wait a couple years machine, and yeah. throw him. Maybe throw him. Do it like a uh, do like a eleven twenty two sixty three. Like put him back in time. Let him live there for a while. Then bring him back. There and he's go. aged. Yeah. yeah. And and just I mean just picture like he because he he has like like the guy who actually plays him in the movie. He has this like child like quality, but also that can have the sinister quality as well. He has a little and, bit of the Kevin from the Office vibes. <laughs> <laughs> well, he looks like him a little bit, yeah. But uh, no, but also the childish. But nature. again, he, he, if you put a little bit of that, like that zodiac lisp in yeah. there, and that just a little bit of a creepiness, okay. but like, also kind of like a childlike quality, I think it would be a phenomenal choice. Yeah, I've already gotten yelled at in the past of saying, "Well, it's not the right age." It's like you, it's the time machine recast. It doesn't no, matter what age it is. Exactly. So yeah, you we can, can pick, go to the you future. Could, you could pick twenty forty five John Carroll Lynch and put him back. Yeah, in we have a time machine. We can go get him yeah, in exactly. twenty forty five. Bring go. him back here. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yes. So. Kieran, so shout out to Oz there, who's broken my balls in that in the past. <laughs> like, uh, Kieran, who do you got for this? Uh, oh, time machine recast. Okay, so I picked, and I actually liked the character in the movie, and I I didn't dislike the performance. It was just kind of the most. Um, unfortunately, the most indiscreet actor in the biggest role. And uh, that was, the actor's name is Brian Darcy James, who played Matt Carroll. He was the the guy who found out that, like, there was a house in his neighborhood that was, like, on the uh, list and went and did yeah. the thing. So I, I liked the character yeah, and I liked too. the thing. And just unfortunately, that actor is just not really established himself. So I want to put another ensemble type guy in that role. And I've used this guy in the past. I'm going to use him again here. And it is Kyle Chandler, oh, yeah, Kyle well, Chandler, yeah, who's yeah. the the coach yeah. of Friday Night, uh, Friday Night Lights, the coach of Friday Night Lights, uh, a great, great character actor. Uh, also, was in Bloodline. He's yeah. in Manchester by the Sea to tie things back in there too. Wolf of um, Wall Street, Wolf of Wall Street, and Argo. So we're bringing all that all that back together. Kind of looked similar to the guy. Is he in Argo? Um, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's one of the guys in Argo. Oh, okay. He's one of the guys back in America trying to make things happen. Oh, kinda, okay, one okay, of the point okay, men. Okay. Um, I will say the Atlanta Braves just clinched the NL East here. This is completely irrelevant to everyone listening to this in December. Uh, <laughs> but this is uh, just the date us perfectly there. They came from 10 and a half back to, to clinch. So it's 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 a done deal. Yeah, go Braves. Kyle Chandler, though, I think there's a good spot there in that one. Um, cool. I've used him. I don't like using guys twice there, but he's he's just one of those that you can... You can put into any of these, you know. Pretty handsome for a news guy, though. Like, I don't know. Well, you give him that, that grimy mustache that the character had. <laughs> and he's all right. Put salt and pepper him a little bit. Uh, not that mustaches and salt and pepper aren't very handsome, too. So I don't want to dis- <laughs> send anyone send anyone down a road there. Uh, Artie, Time Machine Recast. So I got Mark Ruffalo out of this. Ooh. <clears throat> aggressive recast. Garrett just re- his eyes lit up. Well, I, you know, nominated role. I'm nominated getting him role. out of this because I can't stand him. And we're going with... <laughs> We're going with. I, I'm really proud of this Jesus, one. Man. I'm really proud of this one. I can't stand him. This Can't is this is a guy who can do quirky because he did it in one fine day. This is George Clooney. I think George Clooney would be really good in this role. Michael Clayton esque mm, yeah. time frame. Even though you can't, you could pick any time frame for George Clooney. It's all the same. He's ageless. I could see Clooney doing I, this role I, I really well. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Yeah. I'm a. I'm a. Wrap my head around that one a little bit. 
I'm like higher on Clooney than most. I love. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big. I I'm, a big I'm a huge guy. Clooney. Yeah, I love Clooney. Fan. I'm a big Clooney guy. And he's, you know, he does a great job. And he, up in the air, Clooney would be great. One of my favorite movies. I mean, One of Michael Clayton movies. is. An amazing film. I love I'm that movie, amazing. dude. So, love that yeah, movie. Yeah, and, and I, Up in the Air, too. I love that yeah, one, Yeah, I think you might need a younger Clooney, though. I think you might need, like, the, um, the what's the vampire, uh, the vampire movie? From Dust Till Dawn? Yeah, from Dust Till Dawn, <laughs> Clooney. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, Clooney yeah. Oh, th- that's when he had the Clooney, the haircut. He had the Clooney. Yeah. Where it was, like, the Caesar. It was, like, cut. Well, he's going to have to get the sling blade, you know, <laughs> for this role. <laughs> but I think he would do a great <laughs> job. French fried potatoes. Oh, God. Poor Ruffalo, <laughs> okay. dude. Just getting Yeah, he's, he's taking one on the chin. So our first Ruffalo, we had, to, we had to get after him. Scene of the movie. I'll, I'll go first because it's, it's a scene we haven't mentioned. And it's just like, it felt to me like the most like, oh, God, I, this has happened to me before. Him having to get the papers from the clerk's office and it being closed and like the <laughs> the the guy who works there is just so by the book and so just wants to go home that just yeah. is not willing to help him and and then like he's waiting the next morning for him to get there and he gets in there and, and he does it he goes well I'm sorry it's closed he goes yeah yeah but this and this and this and he goes I don't care it's closed yeah so like, you can go see he's the like judge. I work for the Globe he's yeah. like he's got to run upstairs you. do the judge do the whole thing come back well the copy room's closed sorry about that like it's yeah, just, just the infuriating yeah. bureaucracy yeah <laughs> he's like clerk. a DMV worker oh, he's like man. the opposite yeah of and helpful. anyone who's worked with like clerk department people that is how they are in court oh yeah and all I used that. to do yeah. that my scene of the movie is uh, Paul Paul Italian name I think he's the guy who ran Snap. Uh, yeah, the conspiracy guy, Paul. Yeah. So when he first yeah. goes in with the box, with the box and starts yeah, explaining the scene. scope of everything to everyone, and they're all just like, "Holy fucking yeah. shit!" That yeah, they're scene, like, "Wow, thirteen? Like, what yeah, is it really thirteen? Yeah. That that scene really was like the first real scene of this movie. I was like, "Holy yeah. shit, this is powerful." And then there weren't too many others, but that was that was one of them. Yeah, no, I, I liked that scene too. All the victim scenes were were great. Yeah, too. there were yeah. a few. The victim scenes were the best parts. Chris, okay, mine is actually on the same uh, uh, vibe as Artie's. It's the scene where the man on the phone is talking to them, and he's explaining that there's six percent of of them act out right, and they're they're trying to do the math, and they're like, wait, they're. 90 is it 90 and he's like yeah that that seems right yeah and just in that moment you you see their react they're they're all at the same time realizing the scope of this thing that this is potentially way bigger than they had uh thought and it it kind of is the same reaction they have in that scene that already referred to where they're like oh my god it's 13 now it's like oh my god it's 90 you know it's just really great i think it's it's uh it's fun to watch. I'm glued to it every time. Uh, so that's yeah. that's mine. Yeah, cool. Quotes. Let's get the quotes out there. I cool. gave mine. Uh, golfing's not a verb. Uh, <laughs> um, I loved. I just because it just took me aside. Like, oh my god! Like we just had a great five minute conversation on it. So yeah. There we go. Great, great line. I like the quote where Ruffalo just does right after that. He's saying, "So you think we should be ignoring this guy?" And Michael Keaton goes. I think we have to start ignoring everyone. Yeah. Yeah, that great. Because like, if you're really gonna... This is all just like speaking to the, the, you know, best possible morality of journalism. But it's... If we're gonna do this right, we gotta just like put blinders on and get to the truth. Like, dig up the truth. Mm. And I thought that was, uh, that was a good quote. Well, Chris, quote? I mean, I think this one has to be 
said. I think I think it's considered widely considered the probably the quote of the movie. It's when Stanley Tucci says, "If it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a village to abuse one." I think it's a really powerful uh, statement, mm. especially when you're, you're thinking you're talking about a system that's sweeping this stuff under the rug, and it it, it can't just be one person. It has to be a, a you know a t- it's a team effort, right? So uh, that's a great quote. Yeah, I think it, I think that's. The quote of the movie, in my opinion. So we're moving on to a newer category that we have here. It's uh, the the cutting room floor. We like to say around here that every movie could be a little bit shorter. Chris, I know you are oh, very yeah. much a proponent yeah. of that, and yeah. this movie is no different. A scene or two scenes or three scenes or whatever that could have come out of this thing to make it just a little tighter, a little shorter. Uh, Chris, you you seem to be pretty ready for this one. Yeah, I am. Um, th- this was a hard one because I honestly. Despite whatever you think about the movie, I think it's tight. It's tightly edited. They really seem to whittle it down. It doesn't doesn't have anything that drags very long in my, in my opinion at all. You never get really bored. Um, that being said, the scene on the fire escape with uh, uh, McAdams and, and Ruffalo is is I just found it to be slightly unnecessary. It's not a very long scene, but it just doesn't really it doesn't give us any new information. And uh, it doesn't really need to be there, in my yeah. opinion. And in my opinion, it messes with the message of the movie a yeah. little bit. And I, I, that's there for me. I have three, actually. Oh. Um, it's really two, because <laughs> that's tied to the scene with Kieran's Grandma. going to cut half the movie. <laughs> right. It's just going to be the scene in Fenway Park with them just watching the baseball game. That's going to be the whole movie. Um, <laughs> that's one of the ones I cut now. <laughs> now, um, scenes, scenes where we've seen baseball in movies before. I mean, well, They don't show baseball. Um, well, you get them. the inside. You get the inside... Fenway Park shot though, right? You know, we've gotten inside Fenway. I'm not sorry. That's Fenway. We've gotten inside Wrigley before with a league of their own. Yeah. I have that the same the fire escape okay. scene. Yeah. I have that gone along with the grandma tea okay. scene. Okay. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that, um, yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's there. Yeah, fair. I'll leave the other one with the congregation because I do think it's important to see the inside of the church at some point just to get a. Someone may not be familiar with what it looks like, and that's so we'll, we'll let that right. go. Um, the 9/11 stuff really rubbed me the wrong way, dude. I I, do, I did not. Uh, you're nodding your head already. Was that your I considered it uh, the whole okay. 9-11 section. I thought it could have been handled better. I just thought it could have been handled okay. better. I, I, Chris, I get it. It's part of the story. But there's this weird, and I don't think that they meant this. I don't think they meant this. But it comes off to me a little bit like what they're doing. What they're doing at the Globe is more important than 9-11. Like there was like that weird. Oh, it's just that that question comes up. And I think that it could have been handled. It should have been more like. It should have been like more like 9/11 3 months later. Like just just acknowledge uh, okay. it, acknowledge that it obstructed the situation. I you know, you don't need them debating over whether they should wait or or not. I I, I don't think that any of the main characters were like belittling but right, I, but they, I didn't the okay. tone was weird and I didn't I didn't I, like I it. I think what Okay, I think what they were going for was that they were very afraid that they were going to get scooped by another major paper. And if they didn't put it out now, somebody is going to figure it out and they're going to do the story and do it badly. And then it's going to be gone and nobody's going to care. So, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, I, but however, I kind of can see it where you just flash forward and then that's it. Yeah. And, and then maybe, maybe they're works. discussing about how far behind they are. Listen. I appreciate the realness of it, and I think right. that's what they were going for. Yeah. It left a bad taste in my mouth. It the really o- did. I, I just it left a bad taste yeah. in my the mouth. The other thing is there's there's enough like time jumps where they don't specify how many months have passed, where we could just skip it and 
Yeah, show I, it happened. It's and not yeah. part of the story to... to us. You're telling us it's part of the story. Like we don't even need to know that. Mm. Well, that's that's the other side of it. That's the other. That's the other way they could have gone. It's just ignored that part of the story. And then there's a part of me that, because I'm sure I've said this before about other movies, it's like, well, it's really convenient for you to pretend that that didn't happen. Like, so I <laughs> right. do. So there but is. It doesn't, a, it doesn't do anything but delay the progression of the storyline in this movie. It, in my opinion, it could have been handled better, Artie. So I have three scenes. One's very quick, and two are. A little bigger. The church scene where he talks about the World Wide Web. Oh, you want that out. Oh, okay. I, that's just... It's it's pointless and distracting. Uh, the Fenway Park scene. I didn't like it. That's just them chatting in the stands. That's a hard disagree. It's a no, hard nothing, disagree. I also disagree. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, it's not, a, ambiance of the town and... And, 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 the, and also the fact that they don't have, like... They don't have... Whatever the good seats are in baseball, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. where do you right. want to sit in baseball? I don't know. Uh, Behind yeah, the pitcher, the, you want to sit? Yeah, on the foul line. Or, All right, yeah, it, it, but they, like it's it's a it's a newspaper. They don't have the best seats. It like, felt is, like, is there is there a good seat at Fenway? <laughs> <laughs> Hard fucking no, dude. I've been there. It's rough. It felt like we're making a movie in Boston. This is the obligatory Fenway scene. Yeah, okay. and you know, agree to disagree. I'm sorry. Yeah. Can I talk? Can I tell us a quick story about Fenway? I went to a bachelor party years ago, uh, bachelor party weekend or whatever, and one of the things, we went to a Red Sox-Yankees game. I'm not a big baseball fan. I, it was like my second baseball game ever, and we st- we stood to the right of first base, kind of that, that area. And in Fenway, I, I don't know if it's changed now, but they were, it's a little tiny wooden seats, and in this section, they were all pointed in the opposite <laughs> direction of the, of, yeah. the, of the home base. It's still that way. So you have to literally sit one way and turn your head completely the other direction. Ah, uh, yes. Almost like you're the in The Exorcist, your head spinning around to watch the game. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, 1910s architecture. I left in the at seventh, seventh inning stretch. I left and went home. You could uh, check the hotel. out. You could check out seat pricing on StubHub for like a section in right field where every seat's like yeah. $150. And then there'll be a seat that's like $6. And you're like, why is the seat $6? <laughs> you go on this website that shows you view from every seat. There is a steel beam directly in front of you. Yeah. And you cannot see around it. Jeez. You have to literally lean to the side to see it. I mean, us who've been to the Nassau Coliseum know that there's issues. Yeah. With that there this, this was also, it was 95 degrees in Boston summer. And, and, and the seats are... Yeah. About four inches wide, and you're not a baseball fan, and I don't like baseball on top of it. It was <laughs> it was one of the most miserable experiences of my entire life. Uh, I've never been to Fenway. Have you been to Fenway already? No. Yeah. No. I've just I've heard. You just know ev- how miserable every it is. story I've heard is exactly like that. Though. Yeah. They're just it's there. It's like oh, it's cool to be there because it's so old and so yeah, historic, it is. It is. and then it's just like the game starts. There's momentary. <laughs> it's practically not really. There's momentary. Uh, times where I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool, and then I'm like, get me, I'm in hell, and get me out of here, please. Uh, the last scene I would remove is there's a scene where Rachel McAdams is fumbling with the dishwasher near the end because she's like frustrated that it's taking so long to get the story out, or Keaton won't mm. run. Yeah, I don't remember that one, but it's 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 very short, but she just gets very. Fr- there's like a montage of them all getting frustrated in their house. Yeah, hmm. yeah, that okay. scene's got to go. Okay. Um, all right. So this is the other kind of new one we added here, and this is the the Oscar reevaluation. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to it was up for six Oscars. Okay. So what we're going to do here is is I'm going to read them off. All right, I didn't prepare you guys for this because I want kind of the raw reaction. Okay. Of the six Oscars, you're going to give me the one 
you absolutely thought it should win along with Best Picture. And this is an example of a movie that only did one one other one with Best Picture. And then you're going to give me one that if it won them all, you're okay with except for that one. Okay? So one is you pick only one for it to win, and then you pick only one for it to lose. Okay? Okay. So I'm going to read them off here. The six Oscars were Best Picture, which is locked in. Best Writing, Original Screenplay. Best Director, Tom McCarthy. Best Supporting Actor, Mark Ruffalo. Best Supporting Actress, Rachel McAdams. Best Film Editing. So, Chris, I'll go first with you. We'll, we'll, I guess first we'll go with uh, what is the one that it should not have won. So if it won five of six, which one are you queuing in as like, this is the one to punt? It, it, Ruffalo. It's okay. got to be Ruffalo, I think. Definitely. Should not have won. So, Artie, I'm going to go to you next because even though Ruffalo is my LVP, I'm still a little... I'm a little confused on this one, but um, Artie. I think I know why, because you can make a case for Ruffalo at least being nominated more so than you can make a case for Rachel McAdams being nominated. But Mark Ruffalo sucks, and he's got to go. <laughs> so, I mean, this is just an interesting debate here is like, which is less worthy of the award? The guy who goes for it and isn't very good? Or the person that you can't figure out why they were nominated to begin with because there's really nothing there. Now, Chris, you've given a, you, you don't necessarily agree with that, Sammy. I mean, you've given some some defenses for Rachel McAdams. I, I think she I think she does a really s- subtle but very well done performance. Yeah, I, I I think I can see her being nominated at least. So that doesn't bother me as much. Ruffalo, I I do think it's an odd performance for sure. Uh, and overacted, obviously, is is an understatement. Or underacted. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I personally, I don't think it should have won any of these six awards. But I, <laughs> I, got, I'm gonna oddly, even though Ruffalo is my LVP, I'm gonna go with Rachel McAdams here, and here's why: because I can see in a movie that everybody likes, from an actor that seemingly everybody likes for the most part, going for it. And has a career of a lot of different things that maybe the body of work could be rewarded. I can at least get my head around that win where it's like, oh, God, he stunk in that movie. I can't believe he won. But everyone loved the movie. It was this big performance. He has all these other things. It could kind of be like a career award kind of thing. Whereas Rachel McAdams doesn't have that kind of career at all. It's odd that she's an Academy-nominated actress to begin with because I don't think anything else she's in is really award-worthy. And I don't see anything she does in this movie that even warrants recognition. It's it's like she was the only woman in the movie, so we're going to just throw her something. Like, I, I just don't get it. I don't get why she was nominated. This should have gone to someone. This nomination should have gone to someone else. So I'm, this would be the hardest one for me to understand, a win there. So right. that's how I'll, I'll okay. kind of do that. Well, let's go to the flip side of it now. Only wins one along with Best Picture. Who you give it to? Again, they were director, supporting actor Ruffalo, supporting actress Rachel McAdams, film editing, and writing. Original screenplay. Original screenplay, which... Is it original? I mean, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the screenplay... Yeah, there's right. It's not based on source material, right? Uh, okay, so for me, I that's the one. Screenplay is the one screenplay. I think... It so you're going should, with the Academy? Yeah, I think it should have won that one. Yep, absolutely. Artie? Out of all those, I'm going to... Who's Best Director one? Yes. I'll go with Best Director. Okay. Tom McCarthy, Best hmm. Director for this one. I mean, that's puzzling. You don't really enjoy the movie, but... <clears throat> That's the director is the the hand that's no, steering I do, the ship. I know? do enjoy the movie. 
Do you? I like the movie. <laughs> yes. It's hard to tell. I like the movie, but we're being critical here on a Best Picture podcast. It's um, I've seen a lot of Best Picture winners. I'm going to critique this one up against them in okay. this context. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to give it to director. I'll tell you why. Because if, if it had to win, I, like, I don't want it to win any of these. If it had to win one, I'd give it director. Yeah. I, I Getting the performances that he got, especially right. from a couple non-actors. Driving this project to the point of winning Best Picture, despite all odds, we'll say, or in a tough year, it deserves some recognition. I, I think it, I think it's very, again, I'm going to say, it was very uh, tightly put together. I think it's it's gripping from beginning to end. Whether or not there's elements you don't like about it, it, it he also wrote it, co-wrote it. Right. So, I mean, he's wearing a lot of hats here. I, I think he does a lot. He gets the, like you said, he gets the performances out out of these people. Right. So I, I think it's that's a very understandable choice. And, and it's hard for me to. I'm not going to pick Ruffalo. Obviously, I'm not going to pick McAdams. It's hard for me to pick. What was the other one besides film editing? Yeah, it was it was actually writing. pretty well edited. It's hard for me to pick writing for the point Kieran said. Like this is there's a lot of material to work with to write this. Yes, it's a tight screenplay, but original screenplay i do need to mention that we're having this conversation in a vacuum so like Artie's not saying he thinks he should win director over Inaritu for revenant this I'm is like not saying we're just that. saying amongst these awards what do you most what would you tie it to a win right. with like so mine is going to be next and it's going to go with chris with what you just said is that it's gripping beginning to end and i'm going to go with film editing i thought it yeah. i thought it should have won i thought the film editing actually was pretty superb in this. i think I, they, I, they, was, they they whittled it down to to yeah, the precise right uh, length of, uh, of each scene. Even I'm not even talking about the entire movie. Yeah, the, like, the movie's paced. Down. The movie's paced outstanding. You know, I, I kind of look, I kind of look at Green Book a little bit with this one. I kind of right. have them in the same conversation. And um, Green Book is another one where say what you want about the movie, I'm in on it from from the beginning to end, right. and it moves. And that's the same with this one. It moves. And yeah, so film editing would be my choice. Yeah, would be okay. my choice. That's a, that's a, I mean, that's that. I that would have been my second choice. So. Yeah, yeah, mine too. Yeah, by default. Um, this is the one to fives where we put this into the BBC calculator. There's three sections. We rank them one to five. One being the lowest, five being the highest. The three categories are performances. It's category one. Category two is how the movie looks, the presentation. That's all the cinematography, the scenery, all that stuff. And three is the themes. The layers, the screenplay, all that stuff is in the in the story that's in the third category. So first is straight up performances here. Chris, we'll have you go first here. Performances, one to five. There obviously are are some not perfect performances, but uh, overall, I think everybody is pretty strong. Most everybody. I'm not going to let you convince me that Ruffalo is bad in this. <laughs> See, that's the problem with this. You get three guys in a room and it's like the one guy on his own is like, oh my God, what are they I'm doing? not trying to convince you of anything. I'm just offering my opinion. Uh, agendas. Uh, no, uh, in all seriousness, like I, I don't think he's bad. I think it's an, I think it's a choice and it's interesting and I'm going to give it a four. I, I think, because I think there's just so many great people in this and they, and a lot of them are giving great performances and it's, it's I think it's wonderful. So a yeah, solid four for me. Yeah, cool. Artie. I went with a three. Right, chalk mark. Right yeah, there, right? it's you know, there's some good performances, some really good performances, some very bad performances, and some middling, irrelevant performances. So it's all over the map. So I'm gonna give it a three. Yeah, uh, I thought that outside of Keaton, no one really kind of deviated from what they showed right from the start. I thought everybody 
kind of stayed on the same plane that they were in. And that's just not a super interesting movie for me as far as performances go. So I actually give it a two. Wow. Um, I realize that might be, might be being a little harsh, but it, this movie lacked uh, a real big, um, you know, a real big performance that kind of elevates what the script is to me and what the script was trying to portray. Something like, you know, All the President's Men isn't a movie I love, but I can appreciate why it's important because of the performances of Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford. I don't think there's Dustin Hoffman or Robert Redford in this movie. Um, and I, I thought there was an opportunity for there to be, and I thought it, it missed its mark a little bit. So a two, a two for performances for me. Um, second is how the movie looks, how it's shot, what we see on screen. Artie, we'll go to you first. It's going to be boring, but it's a three. There's some good shots, and then there's some, you know, just standard them following the camera as it backs up to make it feel like it's moving. I do agree the movie's paced well. Overall, cinematography, three. Yeah, I'll go next. I mean, just nothing about how the movie looked is spectacular to me. Uh, I think even, you know, are you going to take the Fenway scene out? I mean, I look at it like that needs that because I need something... I need something in this to be Boston other than than just telling us it's Boston and showing us a neighborhood or two, you know. I, I thought the cinematography was lacking, to be completely honest. Um, the pacing is the one thing that saves it for me, but a two also for that one for me. There's just, this is really lackluster in far as how, how it looks. Okay. I'm going to give it a three because I do agree that there's nothing very visually like mesmerizing about this movie. But again, I think that is also a choice these are people that are probably mostly had to have their head either they're on the phone or they're in an office. They're in a cubicle. This is what their life is. This investigative stuff. Yeah. And they're out in the street and they're knocking on doors too. But I mean, there's really, it's not a, other than maybe that Fenway scene or a couple, mm -hmm. a couple of instances, there's no, there's no real reason for them to be these sweeping like crane shots Fair. or anything, anything. Fair. Um, and, and let visually me, mesmerizing like i said let me clarify too is like i don't need this to be lawrence of arabia like i, I don't need like like the like scenes of the desert and, and all that like but you know 12 angry men is a five for me 12 angry men the whole movie happens within one room but right. the way they use the camera within that room is next level blow your mind stuff and i just none of none of this movie had that i thought it was just it was just running cameras. It was just running cameras, yeah. and I, I thought it was like it was. Again, it's 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 fine to look at, and there's nothing about it that isn't great to look at. That's why I didn't get anything lower than a two. But yeah, it was just kind of. I, I, I do agree with you to, to some extent, but I, I do think there's there's an appropriate amount of uh, camera work in there. I, I think again, it might be a, a appropriate to make it seem small their their lives and their careers kind of dictate that they they live in this kind of their I, life is very small i also didn't get a claustrophobia about it though maybe right. i could have used more so, of that yeah maybe they just didn't go all all in on one thing or another yeah. right just uh standard yeah yeah uh, and i just feel like some of the threes that i've given out in the past are a little more there's a little more something going on this is very unspectacular to me mm -hmm. but finally the stories the themes how it's told chris have you go this is a four for me. I, I think it's. I think it was told extremely well. I know you guys don't agree, and that's okay. Um, but I think they they paid so much respect to the material, and I do think they they respected the people involved to the. Mo it's never going to be perfectly accurate to uh, history, and um, 
you know, to for it to be entertaining. That's just I don't just don't think that's possible. But uh, I think this is really well told, and and it's not spoon fed to you, but it, it is. Uh, it's definitely done in a way that I respect, so I, I give it a four. Artie, I'm gonna give it a three. Threes across the board. Three, two, three. No, nothing else to add. I'd, I've talked at length about this for yeah. a couple hours. Chris, you talked me out of a one. Um, I was ready to go one on this just okay. because I feel like every theme and every message that this movie has, you could see in the trailer. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think they hid anything they were trying to do here with this. I like a movie that has layers, that has points of discussion. You did highlight a few points of discussion yeah. to me throughout this conversation, which is fair. Um Actually, to speaking to that, can I just uh, put put one thing more thing out there because I, I did forget to mention this. There, as far as themes go, and and there's a there's a very small scene where Liev Shriver's character goes to see the um, who sorry cardinal the cardinal yes, mm-hmm. and they have a, a meeting a very pleasant meeting on the surface. As he's leaving, he hands him a gift. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, I want you to have this. He uh, he goes in the car. He opens it up, and it's the the catechism. It's a book, the catechism. Mm-hmm. And to me, that shows like, just so you know, you're new to the, you're you're a stranger here. You're yeah. you're an outsider, and this we this is what runs things around here, you mm-hmm. know. And I, that it's that kind of stuff in this movie that I think it is layered, and it is it does hit on some themes of like this this. Uh, hierarchy in this in this community you know there's there's, yeah. there's there's people in power and then there's the rest of us and and this guy is showing you like who's in charge you know mm-hmm. I, so anyway i just wanted to point that out as as far as um that i do think they're they're it's more layered and and than than you might think yeah uh so yeah you're talking out of the one i'm giving it a two all right uh it's just to me i need a little more i was trying to squeeze an extra point no, out of there happening. but it, that didn't, it didn't work no right. because i think that 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 they've they hammer that theme in. It's that we have uh, this community. There's a hierarchy, and this is how things are done. And yeah, yeah. Right. you know, it takes a an outside a hard hitting journalist team well, to they, crack the bone and get it done. Well, they actually say in the movie <laughs> it takes an outsider to change these things yeah. because uh, it's just too ingrained in people. You know, yeah, that grew up there. So yeah, two for me. Two's across the board for me. Three's across the board for you, Artie. Chris, you were a f- Four three four. Four three four. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Cool. Now in the one to ninety four scheme of things, where does a movie like this end up? Chris is one you really like. Yeah, it's gonna be on the higher side of things, probably. Where are we at? Ninety four. We have so far. No, no, uh, not ninety four total. But uh, we've done forty five. Forty five so far. Yeah. At least forty five ranked. Yeah, but rank it out of what do you think? It's yeah, no, I, I hear you. I get it. It's gonna be. Probably in in the top two thirds, I would say at the very least. It's hard to mm. say exactly. Yeah. Maybe in the forties. Yeah. You know, uh, Artie. It's going to be in the bottom third. Wow. Yeah. But probably upper echelon, bottom third. Yeah, I'm I'm eyeing a a, a Green like Book Argo, Green Book Argo, kind of that same little world for me. Uh, I just think they're very are all very similar in what they're trying to do. They have they know what they are, they know what they want to be. Um, th- I tie this maybe a little closer to Argo because of the real life events of it all. Right. Where the Green Book's a little I mean, trying to Green Book's trying to be a little more sentimental and trying to Ar- Argo gets the history much. It's much less accurate than than this movie is. Yeah, it probably. Is. I yeah, know yeah, it is. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think maybe Green Book's probably ham fisting themes a little more than this one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's just to me. I don't. I don't really like the movie very much. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, fair. 
fully enjoy this experience. Uh, <laughs> but it's just, listen, you're not going to like every movie. It's just not that type of procedural, this is what happens movie is just not, that's not my cup of tea to begin with. Right. You know, I, I, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to watch a documentary. You know, I, I'd rather just give, you know, and let that be skewed and slanted. And we'll go from there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, I like um, Yeah, but... Listen, I, I get it. I mean, this is going to piss a shit ton of people off out there. I know, I know that. Like, this, they listen to this and go, fuck Best Picture Cast. I'm going to go listen to something else. Well, listen, uh, yeah. I, I don't care. They're, they're going to like me. They like so, Chris G. Yeah, That's yeah. right. They like Chris G. Finally. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I think this is one of the hardest movies to discuss that we've covered. Like, And I don't mean mm. hard, like, oh, the, like the topic is hard, yeah. hard to talk yeah. about. I just mean... Movie making themes like creative elements. There's there's not a lot to to chat about. It's very procedural. I, mean, I don't agree with that, but uh, I mean we've spent three hours talking about it, so I don't think there's no nothing to talk about. But uh... yeah, jo- Joey Joey Grant Nazalus and they're like, fuck these guys. Let's do a let's do our own episode on it. Let's uh, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll take over worst picture casting. Um, I would be. I I kind of am curious what these other guys think about this movie because uh... I would think that. I would think they're going to probably lean toward you, yeah. Chris, but I guess we'll see. See, I think they'd be more in the middle of me and Chris because, you know. I thought the other godless heathen would definitely be on my side, but it just doesn't <laughs> seem to be the case. <laughs> I'm Who, a little me? shocked, too. I thought, <laughs> Who, me? Who, me? <laughs> no. Yeah, I well, thought Joey I'd be fighting. Joey and Grant are godless heathens, too, I know, so it could I love have been them. any of them. I, I thought them. I'd be fighting you off with my archangel sword <laughs> here. With Kieran goes, let's start a movie <laughs> podcast. Okay, he say, recruits four atheists and himself. <laughs> like, yeah, good job, Kieran. <laughs> Thought out. As we say from the start, this is not a who should have won podcast. We do like to talk about the other movies that were nominated from that year and all the movies that should have won that year. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so I I said that I had seen all these. I there is actually one that I have not seen, and we'll go with that first. I'm interested to see if either of you guys have seen this. I actually have no idea what this is even about. The name of the film is Brooklyn. Brooklyn, yeah. It's one of the ones I haven't seen. It's one of the two I haven't seen. Already Brooklyn. Okay, so this is our one blind spot here. So we it's I think it's about a, a an immigrant coming to New York uh, to America to New York to Brooklyn. I, I think so. Uh, I, I I could be wrong, but I yeah. think that's what it is. So, all the Brooklyn fans out there, we're not going to properly represent this movie. Unfortunately, yeah. this is a, a Cher Sharon. It actually looks the, like a movie I'd like to watch, but I have not seen it. Starring Cher Sharon, uh, Amori Cohen, and Dom Dom Hall Gleason. Is he related to Brennan Gleason? Is he his son? Or something? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but John Crowley directs an Irish immigrant lands in 1950s Brooklyn where she falls into a romance with a local. When her past catches up with her, however, she must choose between two countries and the lives that exist within. Yeah. A well-written synopsis there. Uh, nominated for three Oscars. It's Best Picture, Best Performance of an Actress in Leading Role, Shosha Ronan, and Best Writing. So... Um, yeah, I don't really hear people talk about. I know no. people. I know Trader loves Cher Sharonin. They love. It was a big deal that year, but I, I don't think people talk about it now. Moving right along here. Before we go, can I shout out two of the movies that weren't nominated yeah, let's that hear should that. have yeah, been yeah, nominated? Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, interested. Yeah. Creed. You're big on that movie. You're not big on Creed. Yeah, huh? I like it, but up for Best Picture? No. I've mean, seen it. Get out of Chris's house. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do this to me. Yeah, I like Creed a lot. Best, Creed? Don't best be- picture. Like. Yeah. I guess I haven't seen it in a while, so maybe. Wow. I don't know. Ex Machina was a movie I watched last night Ooh, that I thought should have been up to. I watched that is movie. This, that, like, this isn't that year, is it? Mm-hmm. I watched oh, that wow. movie a week ago, probably for the 10th time. Yeah. 
That's one of the best movies I've ever seen. So there, if, if the audience is wondering why Artie hasn't seen any movies, it's because he watches the same like <laughs> 10 movies over and over again. It's also football season and the Mets are in a pennant race. So. Loses original screenplay to Spotlight. What? Ex Mahina? Ouch. <sighs> Ouch. I just got a jolt of adrenaline that made me so angry. <laughs> well, and listen, this is a little unfair to Spotlight. because right, Spotlight like, screenplay isn't bad. They shouldn't be in the same category. That's the problem. Is like There should be a different category for that. The original, like, if you come up with a new creative idea, that should be a category. Like, it, like p- writing a script for real events shouldn't go up against Ex Machina. It shouldn't go up against Fargo. It shouldn't go up against Pulp Fiction. Was this your first time seeing Ex Machina? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It was on Joey's top 10 list. I hadn't seen it. I watched it last night for the first time. And thoughts? I loved it. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. I finally get I, uh, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. I know everyone's been raving about him. I finally get him. He's okay. really awesome in that movie. Have you, have you seen it, Chris? Uh, not for a while, but yeah, yeah I have seen it. Um, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Dom Hall Gleason in that one, too. Uh, yeah, good stuff. So I just, I look at, again, it's not against Spotlight. That's it. Spotlight should be in some sort of form of adapted screenplay. Maybe there needs to be three writing categories. I don't know how they need to do that. But it's hard to have like a screenplay about real events go up against a creative new idea. If you write at the beginning of your movie based on actual events, that should be its own category. It should be adapted to me. Uh, if you're not adapting a book... It, uh, adapting uh, events. It should be adapted or unoriginal screenplay. <laughs> we talked about this a little bit in Adam's Top 10, but like the other thing that scratches my head is like if it's a sequel, even if it's like a sequel to Ex Machina... It's adapted because it's a sequel. Like, that's no longer original. No, it's because it existed right. off a, another thing. So it's like, I, I don't know. I, I can't quite get my head around that. But um, anyway, those two were not up for Best Picture. Let's get back to the ones that were up. Let you decide. Bridge of Spies. Steven Spielberg. The other joined. one I have not seen. Ooh, okay. This is one I watched recently. Have you seen Bridge of Spies already? You're a Bridge of Spies guy. I love that movie. The main old guy is the uh, the weirdo from... Mark Rylance. Yeah, the weirdo yeah. from that... Uh, Leo DiCaprio meteor movie. Yeah, don't look up. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's his. That's his spectrum. That's his wavelength. He could be Mark. Rayl- Mark Rylance wins for Bridges Spies. Oh, he's phenomenal in yeah. it. It's. Um, I, I, I. It's a tough win for me just because I think I think of what Tom Hardy does in Revenant and what Stallone does in Creed. I mean, those two. Wait, supporting. Supporting actor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Stallone and Creed. How do you not give him for that? And then also oh, Tom Hardy. Hardy, Hardy should have won that. Oh too. my god! Like, come on. Uh, here's a synopsis for Bridge of Spies. During the Cold War, an American lawyer is recruited to defend an arrested Soviet spy in court and then help the CIA facilitate an exchange of the spy for the Soviet-captured American U-2 spy plane pilot, Francis Gary Powers. little bit of a hot take. I think this is one of Tom Hanks' best performances. Whoa. That is a hot take. He's really good in it. Hmm. Um, Chris, I know you're kind of hearing this now. Obviously, like I, I'm not going to watch this. Oh um, uh, no, it's, no it, it's worth your time. Yeah, it's, yeah, for it's sure. Gripping. Yeah, yeah. It's gripping. It's Spielberg. It's you know, Spielberg. I was just yeah. I'm in. Say. I'm in. Hanks, yeah, Rylance, sure. Alan Alda's yeah. in there too. Uh, was uh, it, it won the Oscar for best supporting actor? Listening, listening to you wax poetic about uh, uh, Creed for the fiftieth time is 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 I love Creed. It's draining me. A we know. Bit. I love Creed too. Also, uh, <laughs> we know. <laughs> Here's one that everyone else in the universe loves, and I'm not the biggest fan of, so I'll piss more listeners off. Mad Max Fury Road, directed by George Karen, Miller. I'm right there with you, dude. I just don't, I don't get, get it. it. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get, get why this is such a big deal. I don't get it. See, this is funny because I think this movie's a masterpiece. 
I, you are in the minority. The crowd is not in. I'm in the majority. The crowd yeah. just erupted. The crowd just. You're in the majority. I just yeah, don't go, understand. Go. Directed by George Miller. The movie uh, just won six fucking, Oscars. Go, movie, go, Woody. The movie just starts, builds a world, goes, it and and does it though? Yes. Is, it, is it just a big chase? Like I, a big chase? Right? Let him go. Let him go. It's not a bit. It's not just a big chase. I don't know, man. I watched the fucking thing. I I, I don't know. Listen, the stakes in this Mad Max world are gasoline, right? In Mad Max's world, gasoline is the thing that rules all. This woman steals the main village's main gasoline truck and just goes fucking AWOL with a bunch of... I, I don't want to get through this. The, the, I, I've seen the fucking you've, movie. You've all seen it. Like, it's... The movie's amazing. I, I'm swearing. I'm getting upset. So annoying. Did, like, There's a this... silent black and white version called the Chrome version. It's all black and white, and there's no. Sound. I've already got in trouble. I with mean, that you stuff. just, you just, you just made it worse for me. Like I, I've been trying to find it because I can't wait to see it. Kieran, I mean, does this go into like the 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 you and I thing with the, uh, these Marvel movies? Might and, uh, these spy, uh, these superhero movies and this like over over action and under story movies? I've already lost all my public favor, so I don't know if I want to dig too deep into this. You but know what? For yeah, those who haven't real seen quick, it, real quick, the other thing about Mad Max Fury Road is. They use practical effects. Yeah, they I have, that. They That's have these great. gigantic cars racing in a desert with huge sticks with guys hanging on them. It's yeah, not they use CGI. practical effects in Thunderdome. I much rather watch that. <laughs> okay, for those who haven't seen and it, Tina Turner's in it, which is okay. Nice. Ooh, well, now I, using I practical effects is a lost art. I do like Tina Turner. In a post-apocalyptic wasteland, a woman rebels against a tyrannical ruler in a search for her homeland with the aid of a group of female prisoners, a psychotic worshiper. And a drifter named Max, and cool. someone sh- playing an electric guitar with yeah, what is flames? What? Um, what? I'll say, man, war drums. It stuff. won six Oscars, including film editing, costume design, makeup and hairstyling, sound mixing, sound editing, and production design. It also won the award of a boring Chris to sleep. <laughs> also won that one. Or would I, you watch it after seven o'clock? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, that's After uh, your supper. That's right. That's right. <laughs> also nominated for picture directing, cinematography, visual effects. That is Mad Max Fury Road. I love that it won for production design because when you use actual effects, you yeah. win. I preferred Spotlight. Uh, <laughs> okay. Right. Well, now my head's going to explode. Well, I lost all our subscribers there too. So our subscribers right, get to the good stuff, Gary. Yeah. Moving right stuff. along, Dude, our subscribers have clicked subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah, throughout we're, this whole we're, episode. we're Guys, shaking the. Don't even listen to this episode. We're shaking things up here. We go next to a movie that Chris referenced before. And uh, a director that already referenced before. It is an Adam McKay joint. It's The Big Short. I love this movie. The yeah. Big Short. And uh, before Chris Wax, Wax is Poetic, in 2006, 2007, a group of investors bet against the U.S. mortgage market. In their research, they discover how flawed and corrupt the market is. Kieran, you like this movie? I do. Yeah. Okay, you're, you're, like you're in on this one. There's okay, a fun good. procedural. Oh, it's odd. It's fun. It's it explains something that's almost unexplainable in a way that normal people can understand. But if you uh, ask people fun, who actually understand fun, fun. it, they are like, "Why the fuck are they explaining it this way?" Like, <laughs> well, whatever. I mean, it makes it. There's also a movie um, called "The uh, Too Big to Fail." Uh, it's an it was an HBO movie, but a lot of great people in it. They do the similar thing where they like explain it in a way that like a, a normal human can understand. Cool. This is stuff that's designed for us not to understand. Right. You know? it, exactly. 
Well, in our pilot episode already, The Departed, however long ago that was, three years ago, you mentioned this as voiceover that you think is appropriate for right. the movie. Yeah. It works. You, you need it in this. You, it and, works. and they do it in a really clever way, right. too. Like, there is the Mark, uh, the um, Ryan Gosling effect, though. You know, you guys aren't giant fans of his. He's my least, my least favorite part of this movie. <laughs> I'm a Ryan Gosling fan. Oh, Joey's uh, Joey worships him, but yeah, I and I'm a big fan. My my wife is the biggest fan of all. Well, that, that that checks out. My That's, wife yeah. also likes him. Yes, also um, checks out. Yeah, that that would. That's be, just because he looks like me. That would be. Her. Oh yeah, he would. He, he, he would be her hall pass, I think, uh, for sure. Uh, you, he's your least favorite part of the movie. Yeah, I don't. I don't dig him in this movie at all. I really, um, I really like the scene where he, he has the the Jenga blocks. That's a really that's a really fun one to me. But uh, anyway, I'm not a big fan of McKay's dramatic work, but this I do like. I love Carell in it. I, I this yes. is one of my favorite Bale performances. It, it's a great cast. I want to see more McKay and Bale. I think they could really make some. That's good interesting. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's a very formative Margot Robbie uh, performance well, as well. Yes. She, she's, ten, she's she tends form- to be formative. She's a formative person. Yes, yes. <laughs> Things are forming when she shows up. Also okay. not entirely my <laughs> <laughs> Uh Yeah, so and it was the, this was the winner of Adapted Screenplay this year, by the way. Cool. I mean, that's, that's Oscar. good. Next to a movie that I saw because Chris Chi here recommended it. This was your, I remember this time before the Oscars, this is the one that should win. This is the one that should win. Yeah, sorry, I ruined your too too night. dark, too dark for I the Oscars. I ruined your night. Yeah, yeah too, oh, I loved the movie. I loved no, the I know you did, but it's tough. Um, the great Jacob Tremblay crushes it in this. It's uh, directed by Lenny Abramson, written by Emma Donahue. It's Room. Room. Starring Brie Larson, who wins Best Actress. William H Macy in the mix there. Yeah, for that too. Held captive for seven years in an enclosed space, a woman and her young son finally gain their freedom, allowing the boy to experience the outside world for the first time. I don't know that I could watch you that. Already, it's heavy. Already. Real heavy. You couldn't. It, it would yeah. be too upset. You would. God, I'm just like the resident pussy on the, on <laughs> no, the podcast. I, when it comes to like the... like. Well, already like, when it hits mothers a little and too their, close and their kids. Yeah. I, I, do, I do have a similar thing now as being a parent... A new, you know, within the last several years, this stuff is harder for me to digest. Uh, digest. I did and this. This one is particularly tough. Uh, so the same thing I did with Manchester by the Sea, I did with the movie Prisoners with Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I just read the synopsis because yeah. I can't watch that. It's similar. I feel the same way about the movie. I, I, you know, I married, been married quite a while. The movie Marriage Story is. It's one I can't do. Yeah, I'm not going to do that either. And that goes back to our to your first appearance on this podcast, <laughs> which I think was right before those Oscars. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Marriage Story. You're like, yeah, I won't be watching that Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just anybody who's been married for a significant amount of time, it, it, it ain't easy. So no. we're locking and, you into the Kramer versus Kramer episode, Chris. You, I, mean, I would <laughs> I watch that. that. I definitely would him. watch that one. Me, him, and Jay. The three of us? The three yeah, of us I would, lo- I would love to oh, watch. That's one that. I should watch. Um, or I will have to watch at some point. Um, but it's just... Some stuff is just too, too tough to watch, and and for you, Artie, I recommend you probably don't watch this one because Marriage Story is already on my do not watch list. No, I mean Room. Well, my I'm Chris, not my watch Room either. My Chris Kringle movie is going to be Manchester by the Sea for Artie this year. So let's we'll see if I if he comes that's up. just like fine. Yeah, just, it's just mean spirited. That's just mean. <laughs> dude, it's a wonderful. It's a it's a it's wonderfully a movie. acted movie. It's incredible. It um, is. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, he's giving me death stares. All right, so that's room. Uh, Brie Larson. Any Brie Larson thoughts? I just watched <sighs> Twenty One Jump Street finally for the first time. She's she's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, she got sucked good, into the Marvel world. Yeah, I, I'm bit, not a fan but, of that. Unfortunately, her Marvel movies suck, but she's a good actress. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping she's got another big one coming. Yeah, I but mean, maybe she just needed the paycheck. Or sometimes whatever, these young actors and actresses win Oscars, and that's kind of it for them. You know, they don't yeah. blossom into others, and some of them become Meryl Streep. Two left here. Ridley Scott. Can we talk Ridley Scott here? The great Sir Ridley Scott, The Martian. Martian's phenomenal. What a movie! Awesome movie. I like The Martian. Easily could have been Best Picture winner. No, I don't think you're so. shaking your head. I don't no. think it should be Best Picture. It's not Best Picture caliber. I don't. One, I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah. I know. I know. I Are you? See, but I, I'm, I, I'm, it seems like an Oscar movie to me. Yeah. Like a, one they would love. I have one of those pretentious takes. Artie, you read the book too. I read the book yeah. before I saw oh, the movie. God. The book is R-rated, <gasps> and the movie is Ooh. not R-rated. They cut out a lot of the charm of Matt Damon's character. I think he had plenty of charm in The Martian. He's he, funny as hell. In it. I, if it's I'm, R-rated, does it win Best Picture? You know what? It's a it's a different movie, and it 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 might. Then uh, it's a film. Yeah. You know, now it's a movie, but there's a ton of swearing. In I like the that book. take. A ton of swearing, and to just cut it out, kind of, you're cutting out part of the book. Like they went for the box office. The book, yeah. The book, yeah. the book is a mixture of him being alone, and he's fucking from Chicago. He curses nonstop, and then. And then the contrast with the scientists talking all the math and the science to to get him home is more prevalent in the book, and I love that contrast. They make it a little more Hollywood. In uh, they take an Indian guy and just cast a black guy in the movie because hmm. he's a better actor. The the Chiwetel, Vincent Kapoor, Yeah, the Vincent Kapoor is he's Indian in the book. I'm never. I'm never apologize for Chiwetel Ejiofor being in any movie. He's no, incredible. he's great. He be in more movies. He's, Jeff Daniels is great too. So is um, Bean. We love Jessica Chastain around yeah. here. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, Glover uh, in it too, right? Yep. Uh, Glover's in it. I, you know, his character is weird in that. Yeah, it works. The one that does it not works. work for me is Kristen Wiig. Is uh, the PR person. Yeah, she's horribly miscast. So she, <laughs> completely, uh, she is extremely vulgar in the book. Yeah, and that just would it works better. It works better her in the book around a bunch of scientists cursing at them constantly, and it, they cut. I don't know some yeah. character. Some some character was lost from the book to the movie. Right? Mm. And I know it's a pretentious take when people are like, "Well, I read the book first, so I don't like the movie." No, it is, and it is. It is, but it is, but. I don't. It's not best caliber, best picture caliber. All right, Kieran. We have some Ridley go. Scott in our future. Uh, just left. to throw this announce no. out there, well, and I'm Ash- saying, let's go. His it's he left it for last on purpose. So well, let me just read the synopsis for The Martian first. Some people don't know what The Martian uh, okay, is. Okay, okay. An astronaut becomes stranded on Mars after his team assume him dead and must rely on his ingenuity to find a way to signal to Earth that he's alive and can survive until a potential rescue. Uh, we'll, we'll have our time with Ridley Scott. I do love me some Ridley Scott. Uh, was nominated for seven Oscars, did not win one. He, he's my shame. second favorite Scott brother. You're a big Tony Scott guy, which yeah. I How appreciate. I like Tony more than Ridley, though? Just just take it back. Close, I, no, close I appreciate it. Just closer to my heart. I don't know. <laughs> you, have a, you have a platform. Um, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that take. I love that. Uh, yeah, I love listen, your love for Tony I, Scott. I, 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 love, I know Ridley is great. I appreciate his movies. I just 
style wise i was just more of a I, I, his brother took more chances and finally the winner for best director this is not a who should have won podcast yeah, but here's yeah. the movie that should have won for Ugh. best picture uh, and this is another one. I think this is one that Twitter rolls its eyes at too. Wait, you don't so like this I, movie? I'm gonna roll my eyes. No. Oh God. All right. Well, We've let's get the movie on. Let's get the movie on the table here. The Revenant is the movie. A frontiersman on a fur trading expedition in the 1820s fights for survival after being mauled by a bear and left for dead by members of his own hunting team. It's one of my favorite films of all time. I will say that right I, out. Get that right out of the gate. I think it's an absolute masterpiece. Uh, Chris looks like he just <laughs> drank sour I, milk. I, I wanted to be mauled this. by a bear watching this movie. <laughs> movies can't be shot better than this. They no, can be shot. That's the as one thing well. I can't argue with. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It it's looks perfect. beautiful. And the performances? I, dude. I mean, I you, mean, yeah. Yes. A guy being just like almost dead for two hours is great. I this guess. is this is this one is of five, the five five five. If we cover this movie, in all if we cover this movie. Like. It's a five-five-five. Five, five. The fact that the take out there is that this was Leo's makeup Oscar is so infuriating to me. This is an incredible performance by Leonardo DiCaprio. It's one of his best performances. It's a thousand percent deserved. Not to mention that no one else he was up against comes even close to him. And no one brings that up. No one else says like, oh, this guy should have won. They just go, oh, it's his makeup Oscar. It's like similar to The Departed. It's like, oh, that was Marty's makeup Oscar. It's like, well, what did you want to win? Letters to Iwo Jima? Like, it's like, right. it, like it was clearly the best movie that year. Right. This was clearly the best male performance this year. Uh, not to mention, Tom Hardy is incredible in this. He's incredible. Um, Will Polter is the third. The, the young kid who has to go around with, with Hardy is so good in this thing. Uh, another Dom Hall Gleason. He had a year this year, huh? Uh, oh my God! Yes, he's one of the skeevy brothers in the in the cabin that they come across. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, listen to me. Listen I just, to me. <laughs> I, I just listen to me right now. And by the way, Dom Gleason is the son of the son of Brendan Gleason. Oh, he that is, is confusing. Oh, that's like awesome. Uh, I I, d- this, I, you know what? Do we? What if, uh, do I have to do like a solo watch along of Revenant and just tell people how much I love this? Like, I, I, I don't I'll watch it. With I don't you. get. I don't get why. People rebel against this movie. I, I just, don't. It was, it was, it was excruciating just to me. Say, just say I just it, didn't Chris. Enjoy I thought it. it was boring. It was slow. I thought and... it was boring. I did. I did think it was boring. God, the, sometimes the slower even, the movie, even the, more the fucking. I agree. Even the bear attack goes on for way too long to me. Like it's like this is like the scene in the movie, and I'm like, when is this thing over? Like that might be. Chris, I hear you. I'm disregarding you. That might be a movie with no nitpicks on. I mean, I, you know, I, I, the nitpicks, the I nitpicks, think. the nitpicks are in the moments. I got absorbed them as I, I'm going. Am I alone here? I know. No, a lot true. of people agree with you. Okay. A, a lot yeah. of people agree with you. Twitter does not like this movie. And it's so funny that like, I'm so dug in on this movie. And then we fight about Birdman and it's the same director right, in consecutive Twitter, years. And I, I love Yeah, Birdman. you're a huge Wait, Birdman and, guy. And I love same, it. Same cinematographer too. Uh, yeah. Lubitsky. I mean, yeah. we're going to... Lubitsky gonna... and Enrito. I don't know. I just... Uh, Birdman, okay. Birdman I mean, me, is this one is of the, the most layered, unbelievable, complicated movies ever. And I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I've got another know. thing. <laughs> <laughs> God, I, I don't know. Uh... I just, you know, I guess maybe this is one of those things that I just have to have to myself. Like, I, I yeah, Kieran, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm there in the cold with you. I wouldn't be against the rewatch, but I would, if I'm doing it, I'm doing it with you guys. I'm yeah. not doing it by myself. Long, a long, a slow, cold movie 
the movie that should have won Best Picture, but not the best film of the year. I've left the best film of the year for last. If you say Creed, I swear to God. No, it's a little it's a little film uh, directed by Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. And it's a hateful eight. I Another can't, I can't disagree with you. Ridiculously oh, not, underappreciated wait, wait, wait. movie. I just did, I just realized that's not nominated. No, but Spotlight year. was. <laughs> it wins for score. That's pretty tough. It wins for score. That's its win. Uh and uh Anilio Marconi Bro, who, for the first the, movie, the first good the bad and the ugly guy. Score since good the bad and the yeah. ugly. Yeah, he, he finally wins his but Oscar. That's why I was humming over here. No, no. no Jennifer no, no. Jason Lee is the only other nomination for supporting actress. Dude, that that's pretty egregious. It is. I don't think people got this movie when it came out. Um, it's it's. I didn't get it when it came. I out. would I mean, argue I was a huge. Quentin you relate fan, to this and one? I had, well, I tried to watch it, and it was it was a lot. To, it was too much for me. This could and be I, my top three. It is in my top movies. three. It is in my top three. Yeah. It's, it's it's this it's Reservoir Dogs right. and Pulp Fiction. Okay. It's in my top three. I I, I fucking love this movie. Just the fact movie. that it's filmed on eight millimeter, like dude, this is a yearly watch for me. The acting performances are all tens out of ten. It is it. it he said he's going to make it into a Broadway play at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Um, it mixes it mixes the dialogue, the characterization, and the the screenplay interaction with the grand scope. And sticks you in a room. It, it literally has everything I love in a movie, Absolutely. all in one. Yeah. And it's Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. And it's Samuel Allen, Kurt Russell, Jennifer Jason Lee, Tim Roth. I mean, d- dude. I know that that it's egregious. This movie's incredible. Yeah. Um, this would have been my, uh, you know, uh, and as much as I love The Revenant, I thought The Hateful Eight was the best. Was the best film of the year. What was the What were the What was the Academy doing that year? They were like kind of like. Well, there's a lot of great movies on this list. They just missed that one. Yeah, sometimes you get it. You get director fatigue. You know, right? And, Ex, Ex Mahina should have been up for best picture. This is a great year in film. This is yeah, a great really year in is. film. Wow, unbelievable. And great, great. This is. <laughs> Like, All right. Well, that that about wraps it up. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. No, it's, listen. An amazing year in film. Not my favorite Best Picture winner in the world. Listen, people love it. I, I, I appreciate everyone who stayed to this time to listen to us talk about this thing. I'm sorry for those that I've upset. Um, Chris well, was here to defend it for you. You've upset me the most because now I'm thinking <laughs> Hateful Eight should have won and, and not Spotlight at all. So you've completely ruined my life here. Yes. Uh, yeah, but anyway, thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. Don't hate us for our opinions. We're, we're out there doing do, fighting the good fight there. Already closing thoughts. I'm fine if you hate me for my opinion. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's my closing um, thought. He's Hey It's Me at Twitter. You can go after him directly there. It's at Hey It's Me, one Y, two S's, three E's. There it is. He'll be in the description. Chris G, closing thoughts here. Um, I look forward to all of you agreeing with me and being interested in, in what I had to say and uh, and hating these guys. So that's that's going to be great. Um <laughs> I'm on Twitter too, I guess. Yes, yes. He's Chris G and yeah, some numbers, G. right? Yeah. I don't know. What am I? Yeah, it'll be in it'll be in the description. We hope you're all enjoying the new microphones. We all we had fun using them and recording yes. in this one. I Christmas was the this. debut of yours. Yes, yes. I, hopefully, it's fun. hopefully, hands it free. Out. You're just leaning back. I love it's, it. Yeah, it's great. it's great. All right, we thank everyone out there for listening. Appreciate all your support throughout the year of 2022. We are super excited for 2023. Right around the corner, we have. 
So many big things planned, so much content on its way. We're all ready to bring it to you. So thank you for all your support. Please tell a friend or a foe, a movie lover, a podcast lover, go out and tell them about Best Picture Cast and uh, and help us out with that. And we appreciate you. We'll see you next time. I can't see nothing but spotlights. Spotlights see nothing but me. All of my music is lonely All of my heartaches were free Don't waste your time or your flashbacks Too many heroes are dead You like to live in the city Yeah, I like to live in Edit out that last. Ooh. <laughs> uh, while we're in the lull here, it's a, it'll, it's a, edit out that slurping noise. I made. <laughs> you could really, sure. yeah, um, like you know, after the credits, there's like a little sound clip. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't okay. listen to the episode. <clears throat> no. No. <laughs> All right, Aaron Judge at sixty-two.